You are listening to Unapologetic Talk, brought to you by We The People. Bringing some common sense with a little New York disrespect. We The People, for the people, by the people. Yo. What's up, y'all? <laughs> yeah. It's Rally Rebel. It's Dr. Cartier. Rudy Fraser. Talk heavy, Rudy. <laughs> yeah, this is Unapologetic Talk. Dogs. Yeah. What's up, y'all? Talk heavy, Doc. All right, so we got a couple updates for y'all this week. Begin into some current events. Sadly, we're gonna start off with a little a little doozy. Ocelia Ocil Benya. Ocil Benya um was a Mexican magistrate, which is a civilian um form of authority, someone who like deals with the legislation out there, has been found dead in their home mm-hmm. along with their partner. Now there's a lot of like media speculations and stuff that Osio Benya committed suicide or maybe that their partner did it because the um, authorities are alleging that their partner was found with a weapon, but um, some type of blade or something. But we know media loves a lot about queer people. So the family, um, the community, they're just saying like, we don't believe this. This is not suicide. This is not like um, a homicide from the partner. Like, this is this is something else. This is like murder, or or something else like that. So, um, they're just demanding like a, a full investigation and everything. Like I said, the community in Mexico, there was like demonstrations. I watched a couple videos. It was like beautifully beautifully organized, but it's just like, damn. Like I said, um, Jesus was was killed recently i believe this happened the 13th november 13th was when they were killed that's like about a week ago as of now so there's not many updates this is in mexico so most news outlets are in spanish i do not speak fluent spanish so i don't know what they're saying but from what i'm seeing it looks dirty so i'm gonna keep i'm gonna keep my eye out for this i'm gonna stay updated and y'all should too how they said they were dead? They were found dead in their house. It was like, I believe, like 20 wounds. What, knife wounds? Like stab wounds. Stab wounds? But like cuts. Because they said um, it was a blade found, a weapon. Mm. A murder weapon. And both them and their partner are dead. Jesus. Oof. Chill. I don't like shit like that. That's, that's like some horror flick shit, man. Um, it, it, it it's uh I don't know I think it's 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 crazy how when you um when you have uh situations like that and we're just left like clueless and people don't know what's going on you just left to speculate with you know what I mean what happened with that um that's tragic for real like this is people's lives like they were like a political figure out there and like very well known by the community. It's just, it's just like, it looks so sus. It just looks very sus. And um, there was alleged like death threats that they had received prior to this. So it's just more and more red flags being raised that like this wasn't an accident or this wasn't like a simple, it's more complex foul play. And, and was there any, um, in the death threats or anything like that, were there any like uh, assumptions people are like making about like why? They were targeted. 
I mean, being what like, they were the first um, out and comfortable non-binary person, mm. like, mm. in the judicial system, in the mag- magistrate system, like, so, being queer anywhere gets you targeted, yeah, being trans anywhere gets you targeted, so, like, like, they were openly, I saw pictures of them, they were wearing skirts and stuff and lipstick, but they were, like, mass presenting, you know, so, mm-hmm. and I was like... You said he's already getting death threats. He'd already, already been receiving death threats. And that no one was doing anything about, so. This is like. Alright. Um, Alright, next we got up. Uh, the Daniel Penny trial started. Um, Daniel Penny's trial started November 16th. He's being charged with, um, with second degree manslaughter. That's not murder. That's second degree manslaughter. Um, criminal. Is he being hit with two charges? Criminal. Uh, criminal. Criminally negligent homicide. Criminally negligent homicide. Um, those are the, those are his two charges. Um, the defense came in and asked for a dismissal, citing that the um, just based off the citing off the witnesses, saying that he lunged at people. Um, the prosecution, uh, district attorney, the assistant district attorney, I think it's Joshua Steinglass, like argued the fact that it was different, um, different accounts from the witnesses. Some witnesses were saying that it was a regular New York day. Um, the other witnesses stated that he actually got on, you know, got on the train and um, said that he was hungry, said that he was, uh, um, you know, thirsty. Um, they also said that he didn't, he didn't lunge towards nobody. Um, he wasn't uh, around nobody when Daniel Penny came up behind him. They said Daniel Penny, uh, the prosecution said that Daniel Penny held him in the chokehold for six minutes and continued to hold him in that chokehold for nearly a minute after his body, you know what I mean, was uh, was uh, ceased, ceased purpose, like wasn't wasn't moving, you know what I mean? Um, The, 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 uh, the only thing I hate about it is, is, is the fact that it's, it's a second, second degree, second degree murder. I mean, second degree manslaughter. The manslaughter, um, they don't, they don't hold that much weight. As far as I guess people getting time, but like you said, like we, I mean, we're, we're we're abolitionists, so we don't really believe. But like I said, I'm not gonna lie. I said until we get rid of the system. <laughs> To me, I don't give a goddamn. The, the the people, the white men that created that goddamn system, need to when they when they when they when they wild out, they need to go in that bitch to the full extent. You know what I mean? Um, Talk heavy. I think they need to, to live in their own hell that they created for us. Talk heavy. So, um, yeah. So that 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 shits on us because um, I don't think he's gonna get. Bro, I really see this shit going to where he's getting like probation or something. But his next court case is December six. I think uh, it's like I said, it's a lot going on right now with the um, you know, the genocides going on. Uh, it's, it's other situations with this, with this mayor. There's so much shit going on in the news that this just happened and nobody can see it. They don't got no news clippings. Nobody was out there. But when this when this when this happened, it, it was all over. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This, this was almost the second uprising of George Floyd. To where uh, movie stars and and and, and uh, our regular people on regular day TV shows that we see speaking out had to speak out about this to calm people down because it, it was almost the second uprising. 
And that's what shut us um, also down New York. You know what I mean? Uh, they seen how we were taking it to the streets every day. And um, we were only escalating, you know what I mean? Because we wasn't going to let this one go past us. And uh, they got us shut down. They got us on the sidewalks. So, I mean, that's how much power this joint had. And then, like, around that time, um, when when they first put us on the sidewalk, I asked one of the cops, and they told me that it was, you know what I mean? Because they, they of of the... Of the of the power just had if it got you know what I mean if he if if people kept continuing the protests or keep escalating it for him to get locked up and now the trial is here and it's no cameras there's no nothing on it but you can look it up and, and get everything that you know what I mean was said if you look up Daniel Benny but it just happened on uh, November sixteenth and the next court date is December sixth so I tell everybody that and they've been it sparked up a lot of, you know what I mean, more of the movement. Like, uh, we the people got a whole bunch of people over the summer. We all seen that. Um, we seen the protests, all of them get, you know what I mean, larger numbers again. Um, so just keep your eyes open for that because they might try to let this man off on some slick shit. What day you said again? Right underneath the, uh, December 6th. December 6th. They might let him off on some slick shit while, while all this shit is going on. We're not paying attention. And nobody's going to go back. They'll be like, oh, what happened to that? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's just disheartening. And we already know this Daniel Penny case was going to lead to bullshit because, like, they let him out on bail. Like, they let this dude walk in with his little private security and stuff. It just reminded me of the, what was that case where the cops bought that dude a burger after, like, that mass shooting? Like, it, it was just like, what, bro? This dude is a murderer. Mm-hmm. Like, one should be charged for that. And then two, why is he allowed to walk these streets with other New York City civilians? Like he can't just put anybody else in a chokehold when he feels like it with his ex-veteran training. Like, this is whack, yeah. bro. When they talk, the, the prosecutors is uh, when they talk, not the prosecutor, but the defense, Daniel Penny's lawyer, when they asked him, uh, his last statement was that Daniel Penny did not intentionally, he wasn't trying to intentionally kill nobody, and that um. He had um his restraint that he had on uh um this his restraint that he had on Jordan Neely wasn't applying pressure on Jordan Neely's neck. <laughs> so <how do> you <laughs> yeah, motherfucker just died, I guess, because he put it. You know what I mean? It's, it's the wildest shit ever. But this is what and and that's and that should just show you how how the defense ain't even like digging in like that. He 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 immediately came in and asked for a dismissal. Like, bro, we're not even going through this. You know what I mean? Um, and with just a, just a just the statements off a witness saying that Daniel Penny lunged at people. You know what I mean? And I'm just so mad that it wasn't no um, video of, of this because we see this every day on the trains. When you get on the train and we see how people get on the train and they always, they I mean, not always, but you know what I mean? Um, they usually announce we looking for money. I'm just hungry. Anybody got anything? You know what I mean? And maybe like uh, you know, Jordan Neely was, was yelling that day or whatever like that, but, you know, witnesses said that it was like a regular, like a regular day, like, you know what I mean, when people come to ask for, you know what I mean, for whatever they need, um, uh, he might have been yelling and everything, but uh, from what it was said, nobody said that he lunged or tried to go at anybody. And that's what that's what people need to be looking out for. These witnesses that say he lunged, but let them get their ass on that stand to say that. You know what I mean? Let us see your face. <laughs> Are you lying for this man? You know what I mean? That's that's that's, that's the whole yeah, that's bullshit, man. Yeah, 
Absolutely. It's bullshit. And I think they need to go get the two dudes that 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 also held Daniel. I mean, held, held Jordan nearly down. Mm-hmm. Because they, I mean they, they, that that was in the video and they they, they speak about it. It's complicit. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't like that. And just to see that those were people of color too, it's just heart heartbreaking. Uh, yeah. And it's not a crime. It is never a crime to be houseless or mentally ill or hungry. Like people are failing to see why this went down. Because Daniel Penny saw this houseless mentally ill person as a threat this hungry person as a threat why why is this narrative being painted and allowed to be pushed so white supremacists like daniel could just move freely with their thoughts like oh i'm a white savior like you're not superman bro you're an ex-veteran for a reason like you're not saving yeah and that's like more so i'm also kind of like looking at it when we talk about like i feel like my thoughts on like abolition is like yeah put him in jail but like it's like understanding like the underlying issues and like what would lead to certain things and even and like obviously we know like being houseless is not a crime or like it shouldn't be considered it but the the downgrading from like murder to manslaughter like manslaughter is like unintentional or like accidental murder and then you have to like ask like okay why why was this considered accidental? Because he didn't, he just says like, oops, I didn't, I didn't actually mean to kill him. I put him in, in something that could kill him. It wasn't like, it wasn't like, but he pushed him and he hit his head or some shit, which is like the other stuff that we see in the news. Mm-hmm. You, you put him in something that could kill him. And, um, and, and then it goes to like, when you look at it, it was like, well, for you to down, downgrade it from murder to manslaughter, feels like there's like an an assumption there that he was slightly justified. He was slightly justified in trying to restrain him, but, oh, he killed him. So there should, there should be some, we should review whether there should be consequences to that. And when you look at it, like, why, why is it, why is it just, are we supporting vigilantism? Like, should, is that, is that what, is that okay? Like, is, should people be out here trying to be the police and is it because he has a military background? What about the people who held him down? Like, is are they also justified as like, because now, you, you, like you said, Dimes, like it, he was playing some Superman shit, trying to save the day, even though he didn't need to save the day. And then these other people were being sidekicks. Mm-hmm. And so like, what are we, when people want to talk about lo- the laws are in place to like encourage or discourage certain things that we want to have happen, if he doesn't get punished and he doesn't face any kind of accountability or justice, you're saying that it's okay to just be running around here like little Batman and Superman. Bro. And yeah. you know, is, that, is that really what you want? Talk. Yeah, if we didn't, talk bro, I think if the protests didn't turn up the way they did, bro, it, it's vigilante season right now, bro. It'd be so video. What? Everybody be on the train going crazy right now to anybody that come up on the train. And, and do that, you know what I mean? Like everybody, you probably from there on, it'd be every fucking tough white boy jumping on the train trying to choke a nigga out, bro. Any houses nigga out, you know what I mean? If that shit would have rolled past, yeah. Because when you say that, like, because they they do criminalize being houseless, and so yeah, that makes a houseless right person a criminal. Yeah, exactly. Sending in the sweeps and stuff, and so yeah, then you are you're you're waging a war on on houseless people and just like 
just lots of different marginalized groups and you know Zimmerman also vigilante like um and there wasn't accountability there and so That's I don't know I think happened yeah bro we can't let that happen I, we I, yo bro pressure December 6th courthouse December 6th, right? surround the courthouse <laughs> god damn it pressure I'm definitely throwing a flower right there I hope they cancel it when they see my flower we're gonna boost that shit too <laughs> I hope push the court date <laughs> yeah you still on the court for this shit month later nigga something uh, we can't announce when the next court date because it's, it's pressure, bro. We got to surround the courthouse, bullhorns out, we're going crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we definitely can't have uh, that situation out here, man, of, of, of that dude getting off. You know what I mean? I, I just, yeah. And speaking of fucking cops getting off, right? So this dude I'm not to tell y'all about, he didn't get off yet, but... He's been lucky to have a mistrial. If y'all don't know what's been going on with Breonna Taylor and the update in Louisville, Kentucky, the, well, not the murderer, but one of the assailants, the accomplices, the police officers who was involved in the case, now an ex-police officer because they fired all four of those um, dudes, I believe. Like, this dude has gotten a mistrial. A mistrial. So... Basically, that's just saying that, and I quote, hold on, let me take my notes out, because uh, I listened to this, this pissed me off when I heard it. Judge declares mistrial claiming deadlock and that they can't come to a conclusion or verdict. So the entire jury, um, which included some black people and brown people, they just couldn't come up with a conclusion to hold this officer accountable for one, um, abuse, abuse of authority. Like, he used excessive force, um, and he came into Brianna's home and shot over 20 times into, like, empty blinds and empty windows, um, and covered blinds and covered windows. Like, it was, it was disgusting. Um, his name is Brent, Brent Hankinson. I even, Hankinson, like, what type of name is that, bro? You seem like, Someone who's up for no good. No offense to all the Hankins is out there, but like, um, it sounds racist, right? <laughs> it sounds racist. That you in Kentucky, like, bro, I just I can't. But yeah, so they they're just trying to say like, I don't know, like they don't have enough evidence to like prove this guy as like an accomplice to murder. Brianna's not going to come back, like, and the attorneys they're saying they're optimistic, and uh, the attorneys of Brianna Taylor. Uh, La, Lanita, Lanita Baker, um, her and the family are optimistic that the new trial that they're going to get in February for him will be more of, I don't know, some type of justice, a conclusion, um, toward Brianna's case, but there's also going to be a meeting between the attorney and the judge in a few weeks with the other three officers, two of the three officers involved. Um, they got some racist names too. Um, <laughs> um Janice and Meanie. Yeah, those are two. Meanie, like that's, <laughs> I can't make this up. <laughs> but Janice and Meanie are two of the other officers facing indictment um, because they obtained like a false warrant, you know, which really resulted in the police raid back in 2020 that took the life of Brianna. But, and 
shot up her boyfriend's crib as well. Like, it was her and her boyfriend. But she didn't make it out. And the fact that we're in 2023 and we still don't have justice for Brianna after this big case. We talk about this yes. all the time. Like, this, it doesn't have to be recorded, you know? And like you were saying, really, like, I wish. I mean, I don't wish. I don't want to see that, you know? But, like, I wish there was just some type of video that's like, look. But that really goes to show, like, in America, you even if we have a video, like, we have the video of George Floyd. You know, like we saw that people sat there and watched that for eight minutes. And it's like, when is enough enough? Like, how much evidence do we need to convict killers? And like, where, where's that line of like qualified immunity? Like, where does that stop for police accountability? Yeah. And in, the, in George Floyd's case, there was, there was justice for that one. That cop got arrested, right? But, so, but I don't know that it would have happened if the whole world didn't burn down as a result of it, you know, is really more so the thing. Brianna's case, I have not heard about. I was surprised to see that come up as a headline in the and last Brianna couple happened days before of like George Floyd. Like, it's right. like, what? Right, and I remember around the time there was all this stuff coming out about like the no-knock warrants and all these like, it's like systemic issues in that police department. Um, and then there was the issue, I forget who it was, was the attorney general. There was, there was so much around that that had like come out of just different issues to then see that this is like still an ongoing case. And for there to be, what was it? I think it said like three days it took them to like make this, to like ultimately come to like not having an agreement. Like, like I haven't seen a hung jury in, for like a big case in such a long time. That shit nuts. But it's, 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 um, they, I don't know if y'all remember the case of Ronald Green. That was like in 2000, 2019. He, um, he was before George Floyd too. And that's what that's, that, that was extremely wicked. And we didn't see the videotape of him until 2021. But that video was so wicked back then. They said that they wasn't going to show the family and that shit. And we didn't see the video. Uh, I think it was summertime, like August or something like that. August, yeah, I think it was August, August 2021. I took a march for it, and they showed the Ronald Green tape, and he was in the um, he was in the car. He was in the car. The police said that they they they, they found him and shit, and he was drunk driving and crashed into a tree. And then when they showed the video from the cameras, the whole police station covered it up. When they showed the videos from the cameras, the man was in the car. They trying to beat him to get out the car. Ronald Green, they trying to beat him to get out the car. Then they started tasing him. And then obviously, like the camera went out or whatever, they don't show or whatever. But but obviously, they killed him. And then they dragged him and beat him up to make him look like he was in a car crash and stuck his ass back in the car and crashed his shit. And told his family, his family ain't find out nothing until a year later. And guess what? We ain't. I I need to go do my research on that and see what happened to those cops if they got in trouble. But that was in 2021 when they showed the video, and I did a march for it. And this happened in 2019, before George Floyd. And they and he would have been the first George Floyd we would have seen that video then. You know what I'm saying? Like, that shit was so, it was crazy. And then, like, I remember when I when I seen it, I got to go back and see my video. I fucking cried when I seen that video because did you hear that man crying and saying, hey, I'm not doing it, I'm not doing it, trying to, like, like go with the cop, and they just beating his ass. And I, they beat his ass because he was speeding or some shit like that. That's what they did, he was speeding, and they pulled him over. And then, yeah, he was drunk. 
and he was trying to like, you know what I mean? When they when they when they got him, he pulled over, he was ready to go. But they were so mad that they put him on that chase, they beat his ass. To the point where they fucked around and killed him and then they had to cover that shit up. And it was covered up for no, not a year, two years. Because they happened in two thousand nineteen. Hmm. Ronald Green, yeah. I gotta look that shit, that shit crazy. But um I think the like the and we'll get into this like I guess later on in the episode. Um towards like the we start talking about the the guests that we have and stuff, but yeah. um, I think people have gotten something that I guess I'm like worried about is like people getting really apathetic about all the names that we're constantly hearing um, in all these situations. Cause there's like, we covered, we covered on the show um, uh, talking a little bit about Leonard Allen cure. Um, we were talking about Daniel Penny and um, Jordan Neely. We're talking about, Brianna Taylor's case now. There's a there's a situation that happened that we haven't talked about, which is like Dexter Wade, um, who was like a hit and run, and um, from a off duty police officer, and they didn't they like hit his body or like they didn't tell his family for like seven months, but it just came out that he had his ID on him, so they they didn't know who he was, and so there's I think it it's tough because I think people hear all these stories all the time, and then they just kind of people. Like I have cousins and family members who I'm constantly seeing say things that just like, well, I guess this is just how it is, you know, like cops do this, they get away with it. And part of it is when we talk about like, you don't hear an update on the Breonna Taylor case for two years. You don't hear about the Dan- Daniel Penny trial for, for months. It doesn't, ju- the justice isn't, isn't swift and isn't kept up to date. And there's not a news source that like keeps this stuff at the, at the forefront. And so people are like, oh, it happened. And there just won't be justice, and we're just waiting to hear like another thing happen. But that's why, like the a lot of the work that you do, Riley and Dimes, like is so important because you like call attention to yeah, these situations. Keep, keep it alive, man. Spreading awareness is the best thing. That's what I said. So that's what we can do, man. People like are in a state of like what I like to call is a term I use. I'd be like crumb complacent. People are crumb complacent, like they are so used to being accepting of the bare minimum like they're not willing to strive for anything more so that kind of sense of like there's nothing better like Mm -hmm. police are just gonna be how they are you know like you were saying like this is not this is not how it always was and how it can always be like there's still Mm -hmm. hope there's still people out there with the right mindsets who are pushing the right thing. It's just about what you want to um, put your energy and attention to, really. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, I don't know, at least, you know, my perspective on it. Like, it's just always been in my face. So it's like mm-hmm. no way not to live the lifestyle of, like, um, an organized or, or abolitionist or just someone who is woke, you know? Mm-hmm. So this shit affects us. It affects everybody, first of all. Like, but it affects us especially. So, like, gotta bring awareness to it. Shake that crumb complacency out of people. Mm. Well said. Okay, we're good. You mentioned woke. There is an there's a there's a war on wokeness and the woke mind virus. And it uh, a lot of people have been talking about how uh, we're getting annoyed that. Uh, white people have started using woke in this like derogatory way when it used to like, it was like a, 
it was like a real thing for black people. It was like, yeah. you gotta stay woke. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I was like becoming meme. Um, but yeah, the war on the woke mind virus, uh, one of, chief among them is, um, I mentioned this on a previous episode, uh, Andreessen Horowitz. Um, and, and I, and I, I think this is more talking about like the, the after effect of what happens when you stop caring about things that you consider woke. And uh, one of those is trust and safety. What? No, go ahead, go ahead. That woke shit. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, so he, he had like his whole manifesto and he was talking about ignoring trust and safety and this and that and the third. It just came out and he tried and they tried to, the, the reason it's like kind of important to tie it back to Andrew Sephora is because they tried to cover it up low key. But there's a company out there called Civit AI and they're a website that is like a little community forum. You log into it and you can search up different um, generative AI models. So those are the, 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 the thing that allows you to create these like AI images of whatever you type in, right? You can type in a prompt, say, give me a cartoon cat and it'll create a bunch of different cartoon cat images. Cool. That in and of itself is already like a little problematic. Like people have spoken up about it because you can, it's like, it usually steals people's art on the internet in order to like figure out how to come up with these artistic styles. But now one step later, um, people are starting to use it to generate non-consensual porn of of individuals, um, and what yeah, wait, wait, bro. <laughs> people have like too much time on their hands. So I first, I think the first time I heard about this story was like a couple weeks ago. A teenager in a high school got suspended um, for making you doing something similar to this and like making porn of one of his other teenage classmates and spreading it around the school. Um, so it's that, it's easy enough as you can kind of see that like a teen, just a regular teenager, probably not even like technical, like not really like a, a software engineer, right? Just able to like Google the right things and create these images of his classmate. It's very traumatizing for that, for that young girl. Um, the like parents in the school are trying to take actions. They had to like send the school had to send out a whole letter. Those are things. Now I hear about this story about civet AI. And so, yeah, it's like a little forum. You could look up it, it, the, the main takeaway from this takeaway, nothing. It's gotten so easy that within 30 minutes you could make, you can create artificially generated porn of almost any celebrity just in 30 minutes, no special machinery, just a regular laptop. You search a couple things, you click a couple buttons and it creates it. And, um, so and yeah, the, it's weird. It, it's wild. Real. it doesn't look real. Cause it's not real. It's not so good yet. Like oh. it's, it's still, you can tell it's AI, <laughs> but it's not like, it looks like, like if you were to pay like a, someone to draw this oh. and like, like a graphic designer. So, but it looks pretty, it looks like official. Right. But it doesn't look like a real person yet. And the computers are only going to get better to the point where it will look like a real person. So that's why it's kind of like, got like nip this in the bud. Um, it's going to be fast too. That shit going to happen like next year. Yeah. Like it, it, it happens like really quickly. Um, and the, yeah. The, the, so uh, it's called civet AI. And then they, they are, they're already kind of like under investigation. And then 
people started like being curious, like where y'all, you know, well, actually some investigative journalists went on Andreessen Horowitz, A16Z's website, because they post the jobs. They didn't, no one announced that they invested in them, but they post all the jobs. It's like real good journalism. They post all the jobs for all the, the their portfolio companies that they invest in. And they saw that this company was hiring. And so they're like, oh, Y'all, then, y'all, you invest. You would, you just put out this manifesto about you don't care about trust and safety and people's concerns about stuff like that. And now people find out that you are, you have ties to this company who is creating obviously harmful, non-consensual porn for people and making it really easy. And then the the journalists hit up the company, and then they're like, "Oh yeah, we just got that. We're we're about to to announce that." And then an hour later, they put out an announcement. <laughs> it was like, y'all were hiding until you got exposed. Oh, no. It was like trying to be low down. But yeah, it's it's wild. I was I was shocked at how like how how easy they made it. Cause they they kinda like over it, like they overdid it. Like there was like, you know, you know how you people invest a lot of time in making so we're recording this podcast on like uh, on an app that was designed by somebody like they made it way too easy to find these things and and they obviously not going to take it down right because they're incentivized to it like the the porn model that helps you because you what you do is you find the porn model and then you find the like celebrity model and then you combine the two like dragon ball z fusion and oh, then shit. you hit the button and so fact that it creates the porn of the person oh shit. And, um, and uh yeah the like porn one is like one of their most popular models it's like i think that like their little stars it has like ninety thousand stars like people like review oh, it and, and all these things and exactly exactly but that's the thing where it's like you if you had a trust and safety person they would be like oh this is this is this is although the technology can do this we shouldn't do it it, it becomes like there needs to be an adult or a human in the room. It's like, we can do this, but should we do this? And when you ignore all that other stuff, you get, you get this and you get more dangerous things eventually. Yeah. People, people find out the ways of, of, of tapping in and breaking into anything, man, of doing, oh, shit, you know, you hacker to get, yo, but we got, I Allegedly. got, uh, huh? Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> yo, I got, um, you know, the Oculus. Yeah. Yeah. The VR headsets. Yeah. Bro. I'll be in the VR and shit. But um, you know they got rooms and shit now. Where you you go in there and you be in the room with other people that got the VR on too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then you could go to a bar, you could go to a comedy club, and 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 the motherfucker on stage be a real comedian, shit like that, bro. Like right now, you go on that shit and do that. But bro, the, like the perverts got on there, and they be like, <laughs> yo, it's, it's crazy, bro. So now they got all these these rules and, and, and different shit that'll get you like damn near it's almost like the internet you could get like like the cyber bullying and everything like and, and you could probably look on youtube or look at look at people in the oculus who caught criminal charges for the oculus of fucking like mm. because you be in a room and when you when you when you got the headset on and you see these people some of the people have their faces or, or, or like the cartoon heads and shit like that but you could talk to them and you 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 hear their voice like i'm gonna be hearing somebody's voice and like it, it's this video on the internet where like the dudes just like surrounded this this girl that was in there. She had to keep leaving rooms, but it was like you know what I mean. Mm. It was it was foul. Like they was talking crazy to her, and yeah, it's like yeah. on with the you know what I mean with the headset on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was to the point. It was a couple of them, but it was just like you know what I mean. Like 
Motherfuckers got in trouble. Like, I think they got charges for that shit. Like, or some other shit. Like, cops came to them niggas. But it's like, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, this is, uh, this, this internet shit. Or not the internet. Technology. Technology mm-hmm. is scary. How, how do they, when they do, like, all right, the shit with the pictures. And you said they take, they take artists. How, do, how does that mm-hmm. work? You say, so what, it's just, when, when we type in, a cat with a hat on or some shit like that. It you you saying it scans the internet for pictures with cats in the hats and it might be different people's pictures? Well it actually it, it doesn't do it in that moment. It had they have already done the scanning. They already have like taken data from like the past ten years and they trained the AI to understand what, what a cat looks like based on anything that was public. So if you have like a, a tweet or a public Instagram you're, you can probably assume that your information got put into some AI model. And, uh, and yeah, and so then when you type that in, it's like, all right, I know what a cat looks like. Let me make something similar to that. Yeah. So, the, and that's why, like, there's, you touched on a few interesting things there. One is, like, the, the laws, I feel like, haven't, it's kind of, I guess, good, because like, I feel like the laws have not kept up with technology. Like, we all know we got, like, 90-year-olds in, in, <laughs> In elected position so they don't really know what's really going on and whatnot um but the laws haven't super kept up with ai particularly they want to pay more attention to that it remains to be seen where that'll go but something people have started to do is like there's on when you have a website like if you make like we, we have we the people nyc check that out there's probably like a, there's like a little <laughs> there's a little link usually on on a website that is called a robots.txt and it tells like search engines don't either look at this website or don't look at this website. Um, you could have different reasons for doing both. And so that way your stuff doesn't or does end up on Google. People have started doing the similar thing with AI where like you can say like, don't scrape, don't use my information in any type of AI um, training. And there's, they, we haven't like agreed on what format that is. Like some people put it in their Twitter bio, some people try to put it on their website. But eventually, a good thing that would be is, like, you can opt out of having your information used to train somebody's AI model. That way, you don't end up in a situation where someone's making artificial porn of you. AI, FBI, whoever the fuck is listening, I do not consent to any of that shit. Don't you put me in no porn, bitch, because I'm 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 going to do a lawsuit. It's going to be a lawsuit, and I'm going to get my money for OnlyFans and something. I'm going to get them pictures back. Mm-hmm. If you put it out there, I'm gonna take the bitch back. I'm gonna sell it myself. How could you? I do not consent to none of that. Yeah, they got Kim Kardashian, Lupita, <gasps> Lupita. Rihanna. <laughs> yeah, 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 Oh. We need to start hitting the ad-libs. Now we're about to get into our special guest. I'd like to give a shout-out to his brother for coming out and, uh, you know what I mean, gracing our, our, our platform and spending the time and talking to us. Um, y'all give it up for Edward Raymond. Yo. What's up, y'all? Um, our next guest is uh, somebody I've been out here um, out here with. He was on the other side, you know what I mean? Been in the same actions and shit. Um, and he's he's... He's retired now. Um, give it up for my man, Edward Raymond. Thank you, brother. brother. Um, 
it, it was uh in twenty twenty when this when you know what I mean uh when when George Floyd you know got killed and and everybody came outside that's what you know what I mean uh brought me up to New York you know what I mean um I was protesting in Jersey and they gave up and everything. Um, when I was in Jersey, though, it was people that would see me at protests and wanted to do, like, uh, projects and stuff like that. Um, and uh, one of my coworkers, their friend was, like, a like a film producer, and they wanted to get me and, and sit me down with, like, you know what I mean, a, um, a cop and have that conversation, you know what I mean? And I used to always, uh, at that time, I was willing to do it. But then the more I started protesting, I was like, fuck that shit. Like, you know what I mean? I never wanted to, like, ah, it's like nothing because I feel like once you start, um, I feel like when, when shit happens, you know what I mean? Cops cater to us. You know what I mean? Like like when, when the protests happen, uh, people, we see cops kneeling and being so nice and everything. And then, like, after a couple months when the protests died and they turn back up and do, like, you know, the regular tactics. But, um, yeah, and that's why I didn't, you know what I mean, wanted to do an interview would sit down and uh I always um since I've been protesting and since I've been like to the point I am now I never like wanted to uh do anything with like you know what I mean no nothing with cops so um and you know you seen like I gave you always showed you respect out there yeah. um it took you know what I mean? The first couple of times I ran into you, yeah. I tried to ah, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And uh, when when we was doing that, I, um, I, bro, just like you know what I mean? I I, I stare in people's eyes because I try to look yeah. into them. You know what I mean? And I seen you know what I mean? Some of the eyes, and we was uh, you were telling me to Google you. <laughs> and I remember I was telling you the same thing, like, oh, you Google yeah. me. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, I didn't want to come off arrogant, cause I, but I just know there's yeah. so much out there that yeah. Oh no, you wasn't you wasn't yeah. arrogant when you said because yeah. I, I was I was I was barking on you, yeah. and you wasn't uh, everybody else. You know what I mean? We, you know we see the t- cops tactics of uh, when you when you barking at a cop, they either you know what I mean? They either uh, with the with the smile on their face, like the shit ain't bothering them, or they're, they're twitching shit like that. But you you were looking at me like you you kept telling me like yo, bro, I'm with you. And you know what I mean? And I was like, man, you can't be with me. That's the only thing that's going in and shit. And um, uh, that's when you was just like, bro, just just Google me and shit. So then uh, you did something right then and there where I was like, oh, maybe he is. You did something to another cop. I think you you made one of them dip. And uh, that's when I was like, all right, but maybe he, let me me, me look at him and see what's up. And I went and I Googled you. And I seen uh, you were at a panel, you had other cops. Yeah. With you and y'all were talking about bringing other cops accountable yeah. and talking about the quota. Choose the power, yeah, yeah. So, um, I'm just saying, like, this is my I, 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 the whole long introduction. I did all that. And I yeah. started talking here, there, but yeah, that, this is my first time like sending somebody, and I, I, I just want to say, uh, before we get into it, um, I used to want to be a cop. You know, um, to change what was going on, but that was when I was younger. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, when I got out of high school, reality hit me. I was getting locked up left and right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And uh, one of my friends became a cop, and I started asking him. He's like, "Bro, they trained to go after people that look like you. Mm-hmm. Like, cut your hair, cover your tattoos. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Never wanted to do that shit again. And then I started realizing that they're teaching black people to go after black people. 
So then that's when I stopped, like, boom, why am I even talking to you? Because you already trained to go after me. So anything you're telling me, you're pandering to me or just catering to me because I know what they're teaching you inside that training class. So that's when, you know what I mean? But I seen um, it, the cop that I wanted to be was like you. Yeah, you feel what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's was, uh, and like, you know what I mean? Like you, I, I've seen, like you tried to do, I've seen you do mutual aids. I've seen you do, do give backs. And that's what we're telling these cops to do. Like, boom, we, if you, if y'all protect us, right, like, do this, do this, do this, do this. You know what I mean? We, how, how can we be in your face yelling at you? You know what I mean? If we can look at y'all like heroes. We can look at you, how the white people look at y'all. We, we wouldn't be backing like this, but y'all are the ones killing us and doing this to us. You know what I mean? And, but, um, you're also the reason why I'll give respect to community affair officers if they're doing their job the correct way of being in between the the the, uh, the officers and the community of being that 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 boom that's, that's you know what I mean I, I seen you be like the mediator between that's what I expect the community affairs like you know what I mean the different positions yeah so that's what you know what I mean but um tell us can you tell us about you know uh what 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 that happened with the with the twelve cops yeah uh, I think it was twelve. Yeah, it was being 12, 12, NYPD 12 is what they call this. Yeah. All right, yeah, can you tell us a little bit yeah, about Yeah, definitely. That? First, you know, um, thanks for having me, man. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's important. Um, you know, before we even get into that, it, it's important for me to be here because there's people that's going to lose respect for me for, for being here. You know what I mean, there's people that might even question you for having me Oh, here. bro, it's going to be both ways. You know what I mean? So, but this is the thing, right? In the same way you guys went to City Hall, if you are firm in your message, bring it anywhere. You understand? Like, I'll sit in the most conservative space. I'll sit in the most progressive space because I'm firm in my message. But I'm not self-righteous either. There, there could be things I need to learn. You understand? So, like, you know, I understand why you had, why you were reluctant to meet with any officer, especially if it's just officers can be speaking the company line. Uh, but my, my message to anyone listening, everyone here, if you are firm in your message, it, allow it to be challenged. All right? Because if you present it well, you, you're going to, essentially win the debate. And again, there might be things that you need to learn and there's definitely going to be things that you could teach someone else. Uh, so for starts, um, you know, I joined the, I joined the police department because similar to you, like I kept getting tossed up, kept getting violated and I didn't understand because even though it was hot, you know, growing up in Flatbush, Brooklyn in the nineties, I walked one of the straightest lines. And despite that, they couldn't see the difference between me and my man that was shooting up the block every week. Um, so at 18, it happened for about, started at 15, about 18. That's when I was like, yeah, I'm going to just, just join this shit, see what it's about, see what I could do about it. I ended up joining at 22 years old. Um, and in the academy, the six months of the academy, uh, although it could be better, I, could, I still couldn't pinpoint why we get treated the way we do in the academy. I still wasn't seeing it. It wasn't until the day after graduating at the academy, day one, they gave us enforcement quotas. And I was like, huh? Enforcement quotas. Yeah. Arrests, summonses, and stop and frisk. Every month we had to have a certain amount of one of those three. Right? Where I was, it was four arrests, ten summonses, ten stop and frisk. And at first I'm like, okay, maybe they just want us to do this so when it happens organically, we'll know how to do our jobs. Real quick. Go ahead. Each officer got to have Every officer. And what is it? It's four. Four, four ten, and ten. It, it varies depending on where you work, but that's where it was where I was. And what is it called again? Enforcement quotas. Yeah. So that's when I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like you heard about, t we got TNT Tuesdays and Thursdays. That's when yeah, the D's yeah, go yeah, hard. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But actual quotas, I, 
I didn't know it was, I didn't. So now I'm watching my colleagues, right? I'm watching this pressure never, ever ease up. Every day, this is all it's about. So I'm watching white cops, Hispanic cops, black cops, Asian cops, you know, gay, straight, male, female, you name it. I'm watching all my colleagues just like robots go out there and get these numbers. And I'm like, wait, so now I'm starting to watch what they're doing to get the numbers. And I'm like, you're not even built like that. Like, you from LES, you you from Harlem, what, what are you doing? Like I said, and you know, some of the white, some of the white counterparts, they were in the academy, they were cool, but I'm watching them chase these numbers. And I'm, and I start replaying back my own issues with cops. I'm like, oh shit, is. this is what it was. So despite, exactly. So despite how you personally feel about race politics, if you blindly go along with this, the racism is already weaved into the policy. So even if you believe you're here for the right reasons, if you blindly go along with just getting your numbers for the month, you are contributing to white supremacy. You are contributing to racism, right? And it was so hard for me to get my colleagues to see essentially what systemic racism is. That, that is systemic racism, right? Because they know themselves when they look in the mirror. Like one of my homegirls, we used to go at it all the time. She was like, I'm a black single mother. What do you mean I'm, I'm contributing to racism? I said, how many arrests you had this month? She was like, eight. I said, how many of them was white? Not that you should be hunting white folks, yeah. but you don't understand. They putting us here to do this to our own people. Yeah, and I said, what were those arrests? Tell me the most serious arrests you got. Every single one of them was jumping the turnstile. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, this is crazy. So I'm, I'm playing this all back in my head. I said, wait, am I the only one pl- paying attention right right now? Because, you know, we have all these people that just wanted to do a good job. I mean, you got some race. races are always going to make it into areas. But overall, the thing I wasn't ready, to, I wasn't prepared to see was that the racism is already in the policy. And as long as you follow the policy, you're contributing to racism, but you get to look yourself in the mirror and believe you're doing a good job. You feel me? So when I saw that disconnect, I was like, ah, this is it. This, if I had, if I could take one shot, cause they're not gonna let me take another. If I could take one shot that I have the biggest ripple in changing the situations that lead to us dying needlessly, this is what I'm gonna attack, this quota system. It literally, mathematically, right? It reduces the probability of a negative police encounter. Cause it all starts with enforcement. Yeah. Eric Garner enforcing cigarettes. Sandra Bland broken tail light. Philando Castile broken tail. I could go on and on. Yeah. Every time I'm watching this, as the years go on, I'm like, it all starts with bullshit enforcement. Bullshit enforcement that leads every now and then everything aligns and somebody ends up losing their life. So in 2015, there were a couple of officers that decided to do a lawsuit. I went to the press conference. I saw the lawyers. I said, Yo, I got some ammunition. Right, because what I started doing was recording my supervisors when they were giving us these quotas, because quotas are illegal. Uh, yeah. yeah, quotas are illegal. So I started recording them. You know, not something that I enjoy, oh, but shit. I Isn't that crazy? yeah, yeah, I, it's not something I enjoy, but I, I had to protect myself, right? And I ended up jumping on a lawsuit. They made me the lead plaintiff. They added about six other cops. It grew to twelve of us, right? Um, there's a documentary called Crime and Punishment. I could give you a crash course on what we did as a group. And we started a lawsuit. So it's the only lawsuit of its kind where we're suing because of what we went through internally, but we're suing on behalf of the people. It's the, unheard of. The crime and punishment, is that is that solely about with this? The right NYPD 12, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's right, about yeah. the NYPD 12, the quota lawsuit. Um, and it incorporates a situation with a young man from the Bronx who was wrongfully arrested and, and in Rikers, you know. Um, right, before, you, before you go on with that, because we want to hear about that, but yeah. where, where can we watch that at? So... It's on Hulu, but after George Floyd, 
uh, I successfully got Hulu to make it free on YouTube. So you just put in crime and punishment documentary on YouTube and the whole thing is available outside of the paywall. All right. You get a crash course. I'll be honest with you. There's people that's watched that documentary that was like, I wanted to hate you. I heard about you. I'm like, bullshit. I call it bullshit. But when I saw that doc, I could tell, even though I don't think your tactics are going to work, I could tell you real. You know what I mean? So that doc has done a good job in helping people wake up. I remember one time there was an activist that put together a screening with only activists, right? Some of that, like six, seven of the activists did not watch the film, but they came for the Q&A. Yo, they were giving me the heat, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody else that actually saw the film, they were, they were just like, yo, what? They were asking me for my guidance on what they could do better, you know, what they could do to, 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 to drive uh, change home. After that, they were like, one dude was like, yeah, listen, man, I'm like, they're going to have a cop. I'm about to, about to get at this nigga. And he was like, but after I saw that film, I, I could tell you were real. Mm-hmm. And the activists that put the screening together, I was like, look at the difference between those who saw the film and those who didn't. And it's not that the film pacified the ones that saw it. It just showed them that this is, this is a genuine effort. You know what I mean? So NYPD 12, unfortunately, man, and I guess it's because I'm so much more vocal, just they came and steamrolled the rest of them, man. They they really felt, I, like I felt like survivor's guilt almost because what they were, the retaliation, we were all facing retaliation, but once we came out and spoke, they kind of knew to ease up off me a little bit, but the others, they, they gave it to them, man, and a lot of them retired. Many of them said if they could do it again, they don't know if they would, man. You know, because because they they paid it they paid a heavy price for it. But you you um it, it probably left you alone why because you were uh, a was, blind person. Yeah, and I was very vocal. I was you know because this is 2016, so you know I'm doing interviews, uh, interviews left and right. Uh, Vic Mensa, you name yeah. it. The thing, I, and I never expected all of that. I was just like, oh, I, I guess yeah, this yeah. is a voice that's missing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was just calling. Wait, yeah. um, so wait, when did? You, you didn't in retire. May, in May, in yeah. May, yeah. I retired in May, yeah. It's an early retirement, yeah. I'm, I'm too I'm not, I'm, I, technically I have five more years to go, but I was like, I can't, I'm done. I'm done with this, man. Um, mainly because, like, everything I could have done from the inside, I think I've reached. I, I think the, the next level, the evolution in my activism, I, I can't do it from being within. I did expect more, and some people think I'm crazy for it. I did expect more from the mayor. Right, because of his past as an activist. A lot of people don't know about him as an activist. That's the man that I know. You know, I used to watch him as a kid. The, who I see today is I don't recognize, I don't understand what's going on when it comes to how he's treating public safety and civil rights. Um, so once I saw that, that's not going to yeah, change. I seen a picture with him with Al Sharpton. Yeah, when I, I, I was he Al Sharpton's security guard? Yeah. Uh, Personal security? He was a legit activist, man. Like, like a legit. First of his kind, like a, a, a outspoken black cop that wasn't afraid to talk to the like. It's harder now because he's mayor. But Google some of the old articles; you'd be shocked what you're seeing. Things that there's some of them when he was a uh, um, state senator because he left the NYPD in 2006 to become state senator, and he was still putting that pressure. Honestly, that quota bill that's illegal that makes the quota illegal, the quota uh, the quota law. He he sponsored it, so I'm using his legislation to fight the system that he. Change, uh, raise the age, it up. raise the age, raising the age from 16 to, to 18 for criminal responsibility to be charged as an adult. Oh. That's one of the things that he championed as a, as a senator. So when people was like, oh, he's a cop, what you expect? I'm a fucking cop. You know what I mean? I know better. You know what I mean? So the, the idea that just because he's a cop, he doesn't know better. He's not any cop. He was outspoken. He was an activist. Many legislation, many, many uh, victories in legislation that we've had as progressives have, because, has been because of him. So 
absolutely I'm shocked to see what the fuck he's become. You know what I mean? So I, because I, I get that a lot on, on on Instagram. Oh, what would you expect? Why did oh, you expect? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yo, this is not what I expected at all. You know what I mean? But but go ahead. Yeah. Um, what? Um. Uh, yeah. I want to ask you something about that too. Um. But what? All right. So you got you y'all y'all probably got blowback from the higher ups, but the, what about the cops and oh, the station? Yeah. Did oh, they yeah. give you? So it was weird, man. It's like you could tell some of them tried to hide hide it with the poker face. Some of them they couldn't hide it to save their lives, right? The the test for me, the hate, the you know, behind my back, I had loyal people that would be like, "Yo, watch out, fam." He was saying you were a rat. He was saying you were a snitch. You know, this that, but yeah, <laughs> right? The yeah. irony, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then, um, but then I had the thing I never expected though. Well, like was there were so many cops that was like, "Yo, thank you." You you crazy because they coming after you, but thank you because we all tired of this shit. I'm like, wait, what? Especially when it started to become higher ranking cops. I'm like, wait, you have a seat at the table and you waiting for me to do all of this? Well, I got to risk my career when you, you, I wish I had a seat at the table. You got a seat at the table, but you saying thank you to me. I'm a cop all the way at the bottom of the totem pole. And that's when I started realizing, wait, wait, wait. So more people do see the shit for what it is. You know, it's the risk of actually doing something about it. And that's that's when I started to adjust my, you know, how I saw things myself. Because I thought, like most people think, if you, cops are messed up, they violate black people. So if you're a cop, you messed up and you violate black people. But then when you meet cops, you realize a lot of them probably don't agree. They're just trying to pay their bills. So I took that same, I took that same formula. I'm like, well, if you're a captain and you're only getting promoted because of those numbers, then you, you're never going to understand these issues. But then captain started finding me, calling me. One of, one of them was like, listen, I never take a picture with you, but anything you need, let me know. You know what I mean? So I'm like, wait, you a whole captain. You agree with what I'm saying, but you're just going to go with the flow. And that's when I was like, this is, this is crazy. Yeah, but, but I didn't expect that. I'm assuming if you're in that position, it's because you agree with the ideology. Yeah. Just like a lot of people think if you're a cop, it's because you agree with the ideology. People just trying to pay their bills, man. Yeah, all right, so, yeah. all right, so, but that's, all right, so that's where I, I get on the ass. Not excusing it, though. Do, 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 just saying what it is. Yeah, I, yeah. um. I'm going to come back to that question. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, so context on me a little bit, because um, I'm, I'm realizing that I'm sitting here, and this is probably the longest conversation or even just listen to a NYPD officer I've ever had in my life. For real? <laughs> and uh, now me, I'm a, I'm a native New Yorker. I grew up in South Jamaica, Queens. Um, I'm in my late 20s. Um, I've had many interactions with the NYPD. So. Um, and before, like before any kind of, um, even becoming like more politically active and I just like, just day-to-day upbringing growing up. Um. Now, because I, I and I, I remember I, I listened to before doing a little bit of research, right? Listen to your um, podcast with my expert opinion, um, Matt. Oh, Hoffa. Matt! Yeah, shout yeah. out to Matt. Yeah. Um, and I know, and you were telling some stories uh, about going a little bit deeper into your background growing up. Um, you're also from New York, mm-hmm. Haitian American. Yeah. Um, grew up in Brooklyn. And you, 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 like you, you alluded to a little bit just now. You also had clashes with with police, um, and didn't feel like, at least in, in terms of how you were, you were describing it, you didn't feel like you were necessarily in the streets. You were just like street adjacent, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. you still had had these issues. Um, there are many people growing up. There's, there's there's a lot of different stories I can go into, but 
for me personally, I think a lot of the stuff that gets informed for me and my um, my outrage and issues with NYPD, like police in general, but NYPD specifically, is um, detectives harassing us on the block, um, uh, targeting us specifically. Um, I remember you mentioned a story about a, a, a Guyanese kid that, that was like um, robbing folks and then you chose not to arrest him later on. He he uh you found you had an interaction with him, he went to he went on to go to a CUNY college, um, turn his life around, things of that nature. Um basically, yeah, so had all these interactions with police, had walking through Basley Park uh park, cops jump out on me, stop and frisk her, right? Lie to me, tell me I need an ID as an excuse to like search me and harass me. Before COVID, walking around with a ski mask, you look like a suspect. Um, Sean Bell is killed. 50 shots fired. Dump the clip, reload. Cops come to our school, ask us, uh, bring Sean Bell's wife, ask us, like, um, are y'all in a gang, right? They just killed killed her um, fiance at the time because it was, it, was, it was before the wedding. Now coming to the school and use that as an example to ask us, are we in a gang? And talk to us about gangs. Um, so for me, I imagine, I think you're, you're a bit older than me or my brother's age. Um, like the the culture of the NYPD has been, um, just felt unrelenting, oppressive. I see that I become more of an abolitionist feeling like I don't really believe in police reform. I believe in that the police should be abolished and another system should be should replace it. Um, it that is more restorative mm-hmm. justice. Presumably you had similar experiences and you grew up in this environment with the same de- uh, broader police department, but you want to reform it from the inside. I'm not on the inside, but um, yeah. But... Yeah, just on the perspective of, at one point you want to reform it. Do you still want to reform it? Mm-hmm. And has has those views changed from before going in to like after going in? Um, to be honest, man, if I didn't join the police department when I did at twenty two, um, to have the inside perspective that I have, you know, the real look behind the curtain under the hood, as they say, I would probably be a staunch abolitionist myself. Because I, I'm like, how do you how do you fix this? It's because I've seen the plumbing, I've seen the wiring, that I know it doesn't have to be that way. Um, abolition should be the goal, right? But the first step is not getting rid of cops overnight. And anyone who feels that is, I need them to explain to me the, the, exactly how to do that. And and you know, the issues, the things that exist in society. The first step is the resources and everything that make, that make police necessary to deal with that. That's that's my thing. But ideally, abolition should be the goal in any society, right? Ideally, we don't, we don't want to have to have any type of oppressive force. But here's my thing. You don't have to call them cops. Think of your perfect utopia, right? And this ain't tribal times like thousands of years ago. This is a society in which over 340 million people live and there's a standard in which we expect them to live by. You got to write that, right? And then you need something to enforce that. 
The reality is human beings, people are going to get out of line. Like, no, I don't want to do that. You don't have to call them cops. But whoever's enforcing those laws, again, you don't have to call them cops. We could play semantics all day. But again, laws is are nothing but ink on paper if there's no enforcement body to make sure people will stay within parameters. The problem is when it comes to us, we get a backhanded different type of system. I, I'll never forget my wait, first... Wait, can, I, can I say something? Sure, sure. Kind of like dove a little bit deeper in the abolitionist um, ideology, at least for me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I am also a New York City native, um, born and raised in Harlem, and I am a non-binary trans person. You know, I've had various interactions with policing as well. I've been arrested three times. I've been playing cuffs by black women um, for walking through a door at the train station. I didn't even hop a turnstile. The door was opened, and I walked through, and she immediately stopped me and put cuffs on me. I'm like, yeah, that was cool. Like, I'm like, aren't you supposed to give me a ticket or something? Like, do you not know your policy? Because yeah, I know my rights. Um, no, nah, she ain't asked me for that first. I was like, um, like. Is that why they lock people up? So it's not illegal to not have ID, but if you cannot be identified with ID, then you can be taken in instead. That's that's the thing. Yeah. But is there all right? Because I know I see I do see some people getting tickets at the turnstile. I do see some people getting tickets at the turnstile, and then I see some people getting arrested at the turnstile. Yeah. So it's two things. It's two things. ID is a big one. There's something called a transit recidivism policy, where if you've ever been arrested in transit, you no longer qualify for a summons. Any subsequent infraction, you're going to be arrested. And the third thing is, if you are, if there's something else in your history when they run your name that says you have to be taken in an existing warrant, most likely a bench warrant from a summons, or something else that says you have to be taken in. Well, all my arrest, my three arrests was expunged because it was bullshit arrest. Yeah. But, um, that's, that's, that's so I have a clean record. A <laughs> so, um, and I also, you know, MT, I never been arrested. She just put me in the cuffs and then let me go. Mm-hmm. So it was ironic after that but anyway needless to say my perspective and i'm um in my early 20s so i'm probably the youngest um abolitionist i know but my perspective on police i am an abolitionist because i believe all cops are bastards i believe that um you know what i'm saying like you could be a good person but you can't be a good cop because in an oppressive system the ideals the um roots of policing in america is to target and tarnish and criminalize black people so i'm like you can't be a good cop you know because if you're a good cop like you said your friends is calling you a rat and shit you're like oh this nigga did you know he's going against his higher ups i'll take but like that. you know you 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 had to eat that but yeah. i'm like you can't really so, be a so, good cop i, I dis- this is the reason good person good morals this is why i disagree right Right and, and wait, hold on. And abolition is about morals. It's about um, dismantling an oppressive system, because this, like I said, the ideas of policing started off of racism, criminalizing black people. You know, yeah. like you. Um, <laughs> I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm passionate about this. No, oh no, but it's a passionate subject. But like, when you look at that, um, those policies and those even though the legal policies that are still used and stuff, you can't, you can't sit back and like, and really be like, I'm doing this job for yeah. this money. No, I know. I agree with like, you, but I didn't do that. Money. But I didn't do that. And, and, and like, 
I push back on all that. Evolution is like, you know, realizing you have to get out. You can't yeah. do it from the inside. Yeah, it's no, no. I've like done what I what I what I can from the inside. It's just I have a higher calling. Like you know, I write about it. Like realize the inside is not for you. No, no. There's I've reached what I can. You know what I mean? I, I, I there's more for me to do. I can't do it from the inside. I could have stayed in and done more, but but what I'm ready to do is so much bigger, and I can't do the bigger from the inside. But let me let me two things right. The idea that due to the origins of the system that the, today right it, because of its roots this whole country is rooted in that mm-hmm. right there are things they're, they're, learn american foreign policy there are things being done in your name with your tax dollars that if you were to travel abroad and be like what do you mean that's not me well how would you feel that they're like well you american so my you're part, you're part of my problem right you american you understand because the police are not the system the police are the muscle of the system the system is so much bigger than the cops but guess what? When you say system, the only person that you can think of, for the most part, are the police, because that's that's who's rubbing elbows with you. That's nah, who's on the bridge with you. Nah, okay. The but mayor accountable too. Uh, okay, that's fair. But but the, yeah. you're most likely not gonna be able to rub elbows with the mayor or the commissioner. The, system, the city council. Yeah, you I mean, I saw that video. I was just like, yeah, I should have been there. I mean, but, I um, sat at a couple days. Yeah, but um, listen, a system is the system personified becomes police because that's who we have the most interactions with. But it's just the muscle. If you if you think the police are the system, you have oversimplified what the system is. It's the it's it's what it's the entire it, it enforces the system. The system is so much bigger. We are all part of the system. From the day you pay a penny in taxes, you are a part of the system. You go to work, you you follow the success sequence, you're a part of the system. You know, sorry to just to burst the bubble. You understand? Now granted, do some of us are some of us more Involved in in the or in this the organizational structure of the system, sure, but that you know we gotta look at the bigger picture. You understand? And this is why sometimes I'm like, like, there's a time I'm I'm working the protest, right? And from the Barclay Center, I'm walking down Flatbush, and they, you know, I don't know if you were there at that one, but walking down Flatbush, they saying all the right things. I'm like, okay, bet. We crossed the bridge. We, I was like, oh shit, okay, they're making a left. You know, we making a left. We make a left. You know, oh, looks like they go to City Hall. They get off the bridge and they keep going. To, I'm like, y'all are just wait. Why y'all going past City Hall for? Why y'all going past City Hall for? What is it during the day? I, I can't remember. No, it was in the night. It was in the night. It was in the evening. In the evening. But that that's the only place you need to bring these things is the, the people, the legislators need to hear this. All that shit in the street. I, like, listen, you want to be heard, right? First Amendment is important. But you start to lose. Like, I remember one time, I think it was the second time I saw you, uh, New Paul and was out there. And this dude, y'all, was, y'all stopped. This is when y'all were going to the mayor's house. <laughs> y'all stopped traffic. And this dude got out the car about to scrap because he had to go. Remember that? Yeah. So I, me and my officers had to jump in and, and squash it. And I'm, and then that's when somebody in your camp was like, damn, we, we starting to lose the people because by interrupting their daily flow, they don't know what we're doing for them. Yeah, no, I, I was bargaining on that. You understand? Yeah, no, I get it. So, Talk. so it's important that you bring this to the people with the power of the pen. You understand? And and sometimes I'm like, why are they going past? I mean, there always have to be balance. You know what I'm saying? Me as an organizer, I try to um, plan my actions around holding the people and the politicians accountable, and the um, higher elected officials, anybody who's involved. Like I said, I used to work for the city council. I used to work 
for KRG, KRJ, um, Krista Richardson Jordan, the per- district councilwoman for Harlem, because I'm born and raised in Harlem. So mm-hmm. I thought I know the community so I can have a voice in the community. And I've been organizing around the same time as Relly for is, about is that the three seat years. That Yusuf just got? And is that the seat that Yusuf just got? Yusuf. He of, he got a Harlem one, one as well, one but that's the not the same. One, the no, one, okay. she's still in gotcha. her seat. Yeah. But I worked there like two years ago, a year ago. Gotcha. But um, I quit yeah. because they was being funny. I'm like, I'm putting all this effort in, they're not paying me enough, yeah. so I quit. But point is, I like to tap into the government officials who are at the seat of the power, but I also tap into the people because, like I said, abolition is about. Dismantling the present system and rebuilding a new one. I'm with you. So, like, who are we gonna rebuild it with? The people, the America's built off of the blood, the sweat, the the backs of black people, brown people. So we need these same people to rebuild something new for us. Something that's really gonna make it work for us, by us. You know. So we have to talk to the people. We have to empower the people and liberate them and educate them on the shit that's happening because the government officials are not doing that. There's a lot of censorship going on. There's a lot of, like, um, um, scapegoating and going on. Like, you said you don't even recognize Eric Adams no more. Like, should he be saying, as an ex-cop, it's like, you still a cop? Like, it's like, your mindset has not changed. So, But his mindset wasn't even that. Was it? That's, that's the crazy part. The, the part that that wasn't his mindset. Like, everything he's saying now, if I was to take it, bring it back to 25 years ago and play for him, he'd probably drop, like, what the food and who's this man? That's you in 25 years, bro. That's my, all right. All right. I, I, I seen you said something about, about getting the seat up in the council. And I, there's people like, 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 all right, like I said, I can I look on y'all and see that you're for the people. That's what makes me. And that's that's the other thing about um, when you were saying the cops are just doing their job. I not, think, I'm not making it as an excuse. I'm just telling you yeah. what it is. It's not, yeah, it's yeah, not, no, it's I, not I, I know, I know, no. For the first three years of my career, I, I wanted to pull my locks off. Like y'all just, y'all could just do this. I could just blindly do this. You know what yeah. I mean? But it's, it's, it took me about three years to realize they didn't. I joined to change the system. They joined because they were broke and needed money. And that, we that's here for different reasons. But that's the bad part. Mm-hmm. That's the bad part because when I, when I be talking to them and it's they are oh, doing my job and you don't care, you have to care. You have to care. Just like your situation mm-hmm. with uh, what Rudy's saying with the guy needs the kid mm-hmm. and you let him mm-hmm. go. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you can look at him or tell boom, 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 boom. Like not everybody has to get locked up. Like like if you see two brothers fighting. I said cops come roll up. They'll lock both brothers up. Now both brothers owe the state. And when somebody gets come and mediate, if a person that cares. And that's why. That's and why they send so, so how about this? Look at this scenario, right? That same thing. Imagine those same cops encountering those same brothers, but with no quota. I promise you, those cops behave differently, man. I promise you, those yeah, cops yeah. make decisions that make more sense. You, when you have a quota, it robs you of your discretion, right? You know how many times cops call me right now? Now that I'm retired, cops that's still cool with me. Some of them younger on the job, and this one, this one um, officer, he had to had to. Arrest an 81 year old mm. and he was livid. But when you don't get the arrest, the sergeant puts you in the car, drives around with you, and starts making you run people's names. Oh, and, and, and the 81 year old, I, I don't remember all the details, but an 81 year old had to be arrested. And it's like, and he's like, yeah, I'm about to quit this, man. This, this is not what I signed up for. You know, and he's like, I got a different respect for you. I thought I understood what it's like to stand up to this, but now that I'm here, he's a new cop. He's like, how did you ever stand up to this? I was like, because I came in with that in mind. He was, I said, I said, this is what quotas do. This is what pressure for arrest do. You're not yourself out there. 
you're, you're acting on behalf of a policy that says you have to get arrests and summonses. And here's the thing, right? The stop and frisk case, right? That was a victory. That was the fall of 2013. The reason why, and you see, that means you just felt stop and frisk. That's what you were feeling at, at the, right? But someone your age probably just missed it, right? The stop and Outside of... No, I was... I was <laughs> stop and frisk? Stop and frisk was... 22, 22, you said? Yeah, I'm, I'm 20. 20? There's no way. There's no way. Well, you were 10 stop years and frisk hasn't stopped. Right. It just became it's still, illegal. It's still going no, on. No, they just reinstated no, 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 stop and frisk. Listen, like, anybody born, I would say... 97 and before, they can tell you the difference. It's a big difference out there. It's a difference. Are cops still violated? Sure. Mm -hmm. But I've I've had multiple friends who've been stopped. Almost 700,000 recorded stopping frisks in 2011. The reason why that number went to less than 50,000 in 2014 is because of that that, that, that lawsuit. Mm -hmm. That lawsuit, the judge ruled, right, when she gave her opinion, when she gave her opinion, (laughs) I hear you, when she gave her opinion, she said, Ironically, she said it's the testimony of three the, the, officers, Adil Polanco, Officer Pedro Serrano, and ironically, the then um, state senator, Eric Adams. Those were the three opinions that made her rule the way that she did, that made it so people around your age don't know. I'm talking about every step you took, you were being tossed on the corner. Mm-hmm. And when you don't have the inside information, you're like, these cops are racist, this is it. But now that I'm in, I'm like, they all just trying to get their quota. This is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I, and I, I, I don't at any point here want it to feel like we jumping you. It ain't no, way. Brother, right, right. Bring all right. it. Bring it. All right. All right. Cool. <laughs> all right. Um, going back a little bit to what you said of like, you see the cops and we call them the system uh, because those are who we interact with mm-hmm. when we say we want to abolish the system. I argue that and maybe, you know, everyone doesn't know the knowledge, right? And, like, everyone isn't, like, on par or anything. But, like, people who are do acknowledge that there's a bigger system. But the police are a very important part of it. It's the muscle. Um, right. And, the, and, the community interaction. Right. Yeah. And and deeper than just, like, these issues, there's lots of, like, um, alignment between abolition and anti-colonialism. Because uh, people make comparisons to the police as an occupying force in our neighborhoods. And in Franz Fanon's Wretched of the Earth, he describes how an occupying force not only keeps their foot on the necks of the people in that area, but you talk about in in, uh, your Matt Hoffa um, interview how, like, oh, brothers are, like, black men are viewing other black men as competition and fighting each other and there's all this violence, right? And France fans rush of the earth. He com- he he uh, proposes or posits that the very presence of the colonial power is what creates that violence, because mm-hmm. people can't express the violence against the occupying force, so they misdirect it towards each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just want to like clarify that a little bit and yeah, say that like yeah. so I've read. I mean, France, listen. I, I hope you do take the time to read this. Um, you know what I mean? I go through, at 19, 20, I go through a transformation, a, a metamorphosis in my thinking because of my reading. And I actually, uh, Le Dane de la Terre, that's Franz Fanon's book written in French. I read it in, it in the way he wrote it. So I'm very familiar with his work. You know what I mean? Um, 
But my pushback to that, and, and there's 75% of that I agree with. But what I'm, what I'm trying to get people to understand is it's not just the fact that the cops are there. It's what the cops are being instructed to do. And I know this might sound crazy, but they don't have to be instructed to do that. They're not autonomous. And, and that's when I was like, oh, a few bad apples. No, the whole soil is rotten because they are not autonomous. They are not growing the way they need to. They, they're growing the way that the soil, based on how the soil is. They don't have to be just, look at Times Square, for instance. Times Square has more cops than some of the some mm-hmm. of the, some hoods. Mm-hmm. But those cops are specifically instructed to just take pictures with tourists. So that's a perfect example. What? That's it. What? And, and shoplifters. Get shoplifters, take pictures with tourists. That's what they're instructed to do. Are you, you serious? That's why they hate that Times Square. You understand? Yeah. So, so, so that's a perfect example Y'all of them. get paid to take pictures with tourists? Oh. I mean, if something go down, you got to do your job, yeah. right? But for the most part, they don't have the same oppressive quotas and everything. So what cops are being instructed to do is is important because again, without me being on the inside, I'm thinking every I'm thinking that you go to the academy, they give you a badge and a gun, and you go police how you see fit. People still think that's what it is. It but is that's not still terrible though in itself. Yeah. Like you're telling no, no, somebody no, no. with like uh you know a small six months at the academy, I mean that's that's not a lot of time. Like my beauty school course was longer than that. It was about a year yeah. to get my license to touch people's heads. You know what I'm saying? Military is so, even like, shorter. It was even less time. And that's yeah. But then you're placed in a community that you are not born in. And then you're carrying a gun with no emotional evaluation, no mental evaluation. And, you know, minor, minor, minor stuff. told to get these people. That's the part that's missing. They're being told, this is your numbers, go out and get it. So you have to dehumanize people to constantly get those numbers. Because if you you get to learn little Johnny's name, how are you going to give little Johnny a ticket in six months? If you learn, if you, you know what I mean? So, So officers... They sacrifice fully engaging with the community on a human level because they are every they they literally call it paying the rent. You know what I mean, meeting your quota is called paying the rent. So for you to pay the rent every month, you got to give these summonses, you got to make these arrests, you got to perform these stop and frisks. That's more detrimental than simply having a cop around. It's what the cops are being instructed and 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 expected to do. Yeah. Keep pushing this. Keep pushing. I, I feel like because I feel like you, you're bringing it back to um, the the individual actions of police. You're saying like police. No, I'm, no, I'm saying but, it's bigger than that. No, well, but you're saying like um, the existence of police is not the problem. It's like the system that they are a part of. But I feel like police as a whole. The, the um the it's we're also talking about like patrol like officers like people in mm-hmm. neighborhoods but the police department is much bigger than that right mm-hmm. one of the things that i feel like another area that i've been very interested in and there's been more coming out about this is um the nypd's gang databases mm-hmm. um which is a database that they have um where they store information about people they suspect to be a part of gangs yeah. which to some people may sound well and fine gangs are criminal organizations right however the way those people are entered into mm-hmm. the system are on increasingly dubious means. If you live in a housing project that they declare as a gang headquarters, that counts. You just live in that neighborhood. You're not even a part of the shit. You are considered a part of the gang. You wear certain colors. You hang out with certain people. Those are your friends. Mm-hmm. You, cannot be, you cannot be a member and still have those as your friends. Mm-hmm. If you post certain things on social media, if you take pictures with people, there's a social media monitoring team. 
right? So there's IT infrastructure, there's social media monitoring, there's the people on the ground. Mm -hmm. All that goes into entering people into a database that justifies them being monitored for some period of time when the police also know that gang membership in gangs are short-lived. People enter when they're like their early teens, but then leave. But you still monitor them and check at like when they're like 25 or something and when they're Mm -hmm. 28 to see if they've They've left the gang and then 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 they remove. But the records are not deleted from the database because there's a difference between the deleting. Who told you they remove? Um, there are flat supposedly from the report that was released that uh, they are they are not because there's the database and then there's the the um, the device that officers are able to like pull up and search. Okay, I got you. Um, so they have so, access to it. Gotcha. Yeah, they they can't search it. But yeah, to your point, they're not removed. Exactly. The role is still existing That's in the, the database, and that. But, but my thing, the whole thing is the problem. It doesn't have yeah. to operate like that, my brother. Like, yeah. think about it, right? Uh, it was called the demographics unit, for instance. After 9-11, right? After 9-11, the thinking, the, the Mayor Bloomberg and then Commissioner Kelly completely revamped the NYPD's intelligence division to be a mini CIA, right? And what they did is they spied on Muslims unlawfully, Right? They unlawfully spied on Muslims. They lied about it until I think it was a Village Voice article, a series of articles exposed it, and then they were forced to be honest about it. And then they exp- their thing is like this, they don't know. this exists because it has to, but but it's unconstitutional, right? Um, and they disbanded it, and that's it. Like you can you can it doesn't have to be that way. The gang database doesn't have to. If you get the right mayor that puts the right commissioner and gets the right kitchen cabinet. All that could change, bro. Like I know it sounds crazy. I know <laughs> it sounds crazy. All right. But is that is is that simple and hard at the same time? Let me ask this question. All right. Adams, right? You said he's completely different from what you used to know from back in the day. And <sighs> what I what I say is once you go into that type of power. You don't think that, you know what I mean? Because these are the powers that's enforcing what we got now. And like 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 you said, you don't know. Adams, you said Adams is an activist and everything. But now you see he's taking away cookouts from black people. So, so that's why I said, like, once you get into that, and I don't feel like these are. Spying I, on people's like, backyards with like, drones. I, I believe all that. And 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 I've seen him talk, and he's talking about his activism and all that. I, I, I believe that. But then when you get into that and maybe he pushed for black cops and do all that and he probably did all that but once you get to that power right there where he's at right now yeah. that's a job you gotta you have an application that you fill out and when you get up in there you can't change nothing You're you think you can change this job we gonna get rid of you and get somebody that's gonna run this job mm-hmm. and I, I think that they put Eric Adams is like a product of George Floyd from us from black people because when you ask black people a lot of black people are not in politics and it's not the black people that just push them in, but it's a lot of white people that thought they was putting a black man into power. And a lot of people that, you know, you got you got, you got the white people that's pro-cop and all that that put them into power. But the, for black people, when I, I went out, um, me, me, me and the producer went out, and we was out in Washington Square. Oh, we was out in Washington Square, and we was, um, I was just at randomly asking black people and shit, like, yo, what do you think about Eric Adams? And all they could tell me was like, oh, he parties. Mm. Oh, he's a cool yeah, ass. Yeah. And then when I tried to get into it about it with him, 
they they say, oh, he's doing the best he can. He's doing the best he can. And that's what I said about, like, that's what I was saying about Obama. And I'm like, yo, every time we get a black person or somebody in the office, we be like, oh, they're doing the best you can until you really start looking at it. Like, bro, you got you doing like what they telling you system. to do. You really don't got nothing. You're just a, a face. So that's why I like, that's where it starts to become of, of where you see where, I, where I'm at, where, where I'm like, it's just... I'm at the point where I'm just like, this whole system is fucked. So that's where I'm outside. Like, I get it, man. It down I get, and I, I and when it. you were saying, and like, I, and you I just know. want to say this real quick. Mm-hmm. You, I do believe that you're right when you say you can't, boom, just get rid of cops overnight. Mm-hmm. I say that, but I also tell my people to, boom, start coming up with the solution mm-hmm. so we can produce the people mm-hmm. so they can join us because if we can show them, boom, this is the alternative. To what's going on with this? The boom! Yeah. We can protect us if we can do this and show that way. People will join on to that, and we can get rid of this shit over here. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. And, 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 you, and you can't dismantle policing overnight. Like really said, like yeah. we are working on the strategies. We are building that community. That um, um, I don't want to say army, but you know our own group of of well, organizers crisis, and crisis healers and leaders management. and um. Yeah. Just like not even just that, like teachers, like we are trying to have our own everything where we can make sure that people are not dependent on the system. Yeah. Policing is like a savior system. It's like the people rely on that when it's like if we have basic knowledge on like de escalation and emotional intelligence well, you, from the core. Well that's what I'm saying. Then it's like we can rely on self accountability and like community leaders rather than Running to call oh, for help. That's what the crisis the management system is 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 trying to do. The the, the violence interrupters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it's called. Uh, overall, the overall umbrella is crisis management, where they get people of the community to essentially. They don't use the word patrol, but they they look out for the community. And in Brooklyn, I see them after school. You know, in certain certain hot spots where students would fight and other things would go on. You know, it's mostly men in the community looking out for the young younger folks in the community. So, so yeah, we, we got to expand on things like that. You know what I mean? Because um, probably more than any other title, police are over, uh, the police work out of title more than any other profession. There's been, there's things I've been, 911 calls that have been made that I've responded to. I'm like, I'm not even trained for this. What am I doing here? You know what I mean? Now, I have the emotional intelligence to figure something out that's going to work optimally for who called. But then I start some, there are times where I'm like, imagine if it was officer such and such here. This time, you know how many times I've been called to someone's home because the kid refused to go to school? Yeah. You know what I mean? But that, that's that's also why um, when we were saying defund the police and everybody thought that we were just talking about, but we were talking about taking that some of the money from the NYPD and put it into our community. We allocated funds, which, which I support. But the thing is about defund, we got to be clear, that is a full abolition term. That means to completely just take every mm-hmm. dollar out of funding, essentially get mm-hmm. rid of police right now. So if you're going to uh, use that term, you got that is their term. I mean, well, I mean, it starts like just like disband oh, SRG. D- D- That's like something like we're trying to take the strategic, the strategic radical group out, the people who um, prey on protesting, for example. Protesting is your First Amendment right. Everybody has a right to assemble. Everybody has a right to mm-hmm. chant their piece, whatever the case may be. We out there protesting. We have people um, with extra equipment and bikers and all this extra shit with their tools and weapons that they're not even supposed to use on us anyway. So we have groups like the ACLU working on disbanding the SRG. Yeah. So, for example, we take the money out of the SRG, which is an unneeded, in my opinion at least, unneeded um, bureau of the NYPD. We take that out. We can put that right into the schools. So that's not that's not I mean, like, no, you know no, what I'm saying? That's no. okay, maybe stopping SRG overnight, but then there's still the NYPD that's up. So when we're figuring out what else to do so, with that so, money so, once so we take thing, it. Yeah, police you know? abolition and police reform are two different ideologies. Yeah. 
Yeah. And and police abolition grew legs more so three years ago after George Floyd. Like they were literally. And I, I, again, I write about all of this. Like we still like, quit their job. Yeah, yeah, all of that. I didn't hurt at all. Um, the, the thing about me though is like I can. I'm firm because I know the work that I put. I put my life on the line to, yeah. to, to, for the system to change the system. So I could stand there firm. So there's nothing that someone could say to me that's ever gonna get get you know below my skin because I know I know what I've done. Um, but 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 if we sitting around waiting for a whole bunch of people to risk their lives, we're not gonna get that. And this is why one of the things that I ask for is, I call it the justice minded cops. They're in every police department, probably every police department. There are cops, people hired who don't agree with how the system operates, but they don't have the luxury of being able to speak out. If us as a society, if we create an environment where they can speak out, where it's not detrimental to their careers, lives, and livelihoods, yo, we're going to, is it the silver bullet? Probably not, but we're going to get, the needle is going to move in the right direction as we keep working on other things that could lead us ideally to a, a, a society where police are minimally needed like other parts of the world. You know what I'm saying? We got to adjust, but the problem with activating and empowering the justice minded is some people, some people, this covers too much for them because I'm in a uniform. Yeah. You feel yeah. me? Like, like they won't even I listen. I looked at it. I was like, they yo, won't what the even. I was going to ask you about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. My, my, my fiance works. My fiance works in public publishing, mm-hmm. and so I'm familiar with like the concept that goes into even to design the jacket copy. Mm-hmm. Um, was that intentional for you? For because I see the 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 mm-hmm. red, yellow, and green. Mm-hmm. I see the the police uniform with the with the side profile. So there were different covers. Um, there was just a vote and that was chosen. Even that title, that wasn't my, my title was the irony, the irony of the black, uh, it was a Basquiat title. The same Basquiat yeah. painting. I, it's one of my favorite paintings because it speaks to my soul. The irony of a Negro policeman, mm-hmm. right? While um, donning the uniform of the oppressor. Like that's, <laughs> while being a conscious black man, that is a, that is a limbo that I don't wish on my enemy, man. You know what I mean? So, but the, the point is there are people, they can't, they like, they, they won't even listen to what I have to say because to them, they sized me up and was like, well, nah, he's a cop. Fuck him. You know what I mean? He he, he agrees with the system. It's like, no, no, I don't, man. If anything, I went in with a magnifying glass to see what we need to do, what can be done. And again, do I offer all the solutions? I can't say that. But I offer a lot. I, I Like, I want a lot of what I've put into this body. I poured my soul out into this. I want a lot of what I've put into this to be some of the new speaking points because when I kind of heard the quotas, I saw it more as a, as a nuisance, something annoying. I didn't realize how everything goes back to those numbers, man. I, I couldn't believe how everything went back to those numbers. Um, and it's funny because, like, when you run into... It's gone. Is it gone? So here's the thing. In 2018, when the documentary dropped, they it suppressed the quotas more than anything else. The main thing that they changed was if you didn't meet your quota... So it's a union job, Right. So as we know, the union protects cops, but it also protects cops against when the department itself wants to come after them, not just when they, you know, unlawfully. Qualified immunity. Yeah, um, it's not exactly, but that that we'll get we'll we'll definitely talk about that also. Um, when you don't meet your quotas, they put you on performance monitoring. It is the first step in removing union protection. If you continue to not meet your quotas, you can finally get fired. Oh shit! Yeah, exactly. You get fired, you know, and this job, imagine you seven, eight years in, you trying to, th- you got, you trying to thug out 12 more years so you can have a little pension. Your kid, like I grew up very poor, like very poor. You understand? So 
Imagine me, I'm in a position where my kids will never have to suffer the way I did. I have this job. I'm good. My wife is good. My kids are good. And I'm going to play around with that? You know what I mean? Like, this is the situation I need people to understand. That's why you got to get rid of them quotas. Bro, you know how yeah. many dirty like, cops is out this motherfucker right Anybody now? You just say, told so me that. That means there's a lot of dirty motherfuckers out here. Like, man, I can't get fired. I'm about to just lock these niggas up. You know how many cops have been like, oh, damn, next year, give me one more year. I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. Let me just get this check. Or, or like, we could remove the fucking quotas. Yeah. Or we could do that. I, and I promise you, you get a whole different type of... Yeah, we already seen it in the numbers. In 2018, right, when the documentary dropped, it forced the chief of department to put out in a, in a department-wide training video saying there are no quotas in the NYPD. Yeah, at the time, it was Terrence Monaghan. Right? He was saying there are no quotas. He's the one I think, I took that kneeled, the first one that kneeled back here. <laughs> like, 2020? Yeah, right? Yeah. Even though they, Kaepernick, they gave Kaepernick hell for that. Um, right? And when that happened... All of a sudden, you saw the, the, the decrease in the numbers, man. The summonses, the tickets, all of that. Like, you know, I, I f- like it feels good because, like, when I see a bike on a sidewalk, I'm like, they don't even know that's my work right there. You couldn't ride a bike on a sidewalk before 2015. Crazy. You still can't ride a bike on a sidewalk. You, 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 you've been on the sidewalk? Everybody be I skateboard on the sidewalk. You're saying the they're not stopping people as a result of that? Not like it used to be. Yeah, now, yeah. Put it this way. In, in 2015... In Bed-Stuy alone, there were 2,000 bike-on-sidewalk summonses. Park Slope, which is two and a half miles west, five times more bikes, way more bikes on the sidewalk, eight summonses. Mm. I don't think I need to tell you who lives in Park Slope and who yeah. lives in Bed-Stuy, mm-hmm. right? So to go from 2,000 summonses to virtually none, that's the work working, right? That's your work working. That's your work working. That's my work working. We need to understand we do get results. It's incremental, right? And it, it, the, the problem doesn't go away but we cannot become cynical. We do get results when we put in the work. We have to know what to ask for and where to point the targets, what targets to hit. Yeah. The, the analogy I always use is the fuse box, right? The lights go off. We could flick around in the fuse box till it comes back on, or we could go to the electrician, right? The electrician will tell us where we need to go. I'm the electrician. <laughs> I'm telling y'all where y'all need to go. You understand? Will it, will it get the lights back on completely? Probably not. But we're going to be able to see something. You understand? And we need to, this is a big issue. We need a multifaceted approach. And this is an angle that I'm telling you, we need, we need the inside perspective because there's a lot of things we're asking for that we think will be more, more impactful than they actually are. Like, like one of the things I, I teach people very early in the book, right? Actually, I'll do the exercise here, right? A lot of people don't know. I, I no need for exercise. A lot of people don't. Oh, you want to do, do the exercise? exercise? Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's right? exercise. All right. And just, just answer. I'll, I'll, do, I'll go with you. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen somebody get arrested? Yes. Yes. Have you ever seen somebody be read their Miranda warnings? No. Do officers need to read Miranda warnings? Yes. So are those arrests legitimate? They should not be. They shouldn't be. Okay. Um, very early in the book, I think chapter three, I actually talk about that. Right? Because in... in um, when the Miranda case made it to the Supreme Court in the 70s um, and it became the new norm, all of a sudden, all over TV, every TV show wanted to show the Miranda. As the cops are arresting you, they're slapping the cuffs off. I'm telling you right now, cops do not need to read Miranda during an arrest. Cops only need to read Miranda. If, no, 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 no. They still do. They have to tell you at some point. No, no, no. If you have, it's, it's, it's custody plus interrogation. It has to be both. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
if you're not being officially interrogated, you do not need Miranda warnings. But everyone, it's like the Man- Mandela effect. I don't know if you know what that is. Like something that you swear you've seen before or you swear it, it is, but it's yeah, not. Yeah. You know, it's there's a Mandela effect that yeah, exists. Right. You don't, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bro, it's been, let me tell you, even before yeah. I was an activist with this, right? I, every time there was some, some, some craziness in the precinct, they would call me back. And because it was like, he knows how to talk to them. He's one of them. You know what I mean? And it was like, they ain't even read my daughter her rights. And I say, mommy, mommy, just walk with me. They don't have to read the rights. And it's one of the things I always have to educate people on. So that's a perfect example, right? That's what the cop told me last time you, I got arrested. I said, what? When they updated that? Yeah. No, no, no. It was always no, that way. That. It was always no, that way. But, that they, but, they, but that's just Early. a small example of how much oh, we right think we down. know exactly where to go. And, and it, we mean well, right? There's common sense appeal. But things can be counterintuitive where your intuition, what you think it is, is, is not what it is. And this is what I'm exposing. I'm helping to, to, to thread the needle a little better. You understand? So we can hyper-focus what we need to focus on to get more radical change. Yeah. Uh, to that, I want to bring up, because all right, so you're basically saying, like, a lot of people think that every time they even put the cuffs on you, they're supposed to read you your rights, mm-hmm. right? Just like people also think that every time you have a, even talk to a cop, they're supposed to turn on their body camera. Like another thing, I push back on that to, um, to say it's like okay, some things people think is like, it's it should be this way. However, it um, it may be counterintuitive, or it it wouldn't even maybe serve a purpose to be like fighting for and pushing on something. One thing that I feel like, um, people a lot of people don't know, and maybe you could speak to this, is that cops don't have to tell you the truth. When they, yeah, speaking with you. I think I don't know if it's Seattle. I don't know if it's Seattle. Yeah, I don't know if it's Seattle, but there is, or or somewhere in California, but there is one municipality that actually is the first to change that. Yeah, you're right about that. And personally, I didn't get down like that. It, it the, the way it, the, the thinking is in an investigation, if you are being honest, then you shouldn't have to worry about what I'm saying, what the cop is saying. You know what I mean? But it could be manipulative. Mm-hmm. You understand? And, it, and manipulation happens. Look at the exonerated five. Obviously, that's an, that's an example, right? The exonerated five is an example of of that. The, a lot of manipulation, a lot of lies. I've I've, you know, there was a situation that I had to get involved in uh, as a lieutenant, um, because the you know detectives were kind of mishandling someone because they were lying and she was not falling for it. And they got frustrated. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So so I had to had to step in and I got heat for that. I got heat for that. But as the lieutenant, I could do that. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I guess that's a whole different situation. But, but um, again, we've seen it, right? We've seen it. I think it's Seattle or California somewhere where they're pushing back on that. So, yeah, like to, to eliminate that, you know what I'm saying? Um, so, the, again, we could say just get rid of cops altogether, which I can understand why people feel that way. But we can also start to plug in the holes but we also have to be ready to understand these systems evolve, right? And they will find ways to survive. There's something that Michelle Alexander made clear in the new Jim Crow. The systems will evolve. No, um, not, not, not the revolution. So how does that not That's why the revolution has to go. I got you, man. I got you. And honestly, I didn't even come to really speak about it. This is just his his copy. Yeah, yeah, I came yeah. to you know to just yeah. break bread and, and be yeah, dissected. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, all right, real quick, I just got to ask you two questions before we wrap this up. All right, no, 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 they not two questions. All right, I just wanted to, uh, to explain. All right, one of them was um, did it. I just want to say, like, like New York, 
I done been, bro. I lived in Detroit, um, Philly. Um, uh, I went to school towards the Baltimore area. I lived in D.C., um, New Jersey, and here. And I visit multiple places. I got to say, like, this is, like, the worst policing I've ever seen. Like, um, it's, it's different. Um, in Maryland, it's, and I, I tell people, it's, it's different policing in, in, in different places, you know what I mean? And, but at the end of the day, I get mad because, like I said, the jails are filled with black people. But in different different situations, different places, different policing. Like, if you go to a small town where it's only, like, one or two cops and they know everybody. Yeah, you, yeah. They know everybody. They know how to get down. You yeah. know what I mean? You don't hear about no crazy shit. But in, in D.C., in Baltimore, whenever, you know what I mean, um, I remember speeding. I, I, we had just gone to a fight at the club, and we left the club. And you, we, um, we, 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 we were speeding and shit. Just to get out the area because I think somebody was shooting. And the cop pulled us over. And you know what I mean? Black cops. You know what I mean? And, and and he pulled me over. And I'm drunk. But I was, you know what I mean? He, I wasn't drunk. Like, I was drunk driving. But I, I wasn't drunk. I was I was, I was buzzed. Though. We was drinking. Um, he pulled me over. He smelled. Boom, boom. Uh, bro, what's, what's going on? Was y'all coming from that area with the fight? Like, yeah. He's like, um, he's like, all right. You know what I mean? Uh you got to stop speeding out here. Boom, boom. Take this exit to get home. You feel me? It mm-hmm. was like that. Uh, I got pulled over in Baltimore, had mad weed in the joint. But these are black cops. You know what I mean? These black cops. You, it's, 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 it's dudes that sign up to try to, like, you know what I mean? That's what I wanted to be. I wanted to, like, yeah. make the change and whatever and be in the neighborhood. But the thing is, they doing that shit all without knowing that it's a, you know what I mean? They, they, it's like they hiding doing that. Like, one of the cops that let me go, you know what I mean? He had a white, white, White coworker across the street. He he watched and keep looking across the street to see if the nigga looking before he could say pull off type shit. You know what I mean? It's shit like that. They're doing it like under. So it's, it's, it, they know that you be in trouble. Um, I just want to say yeah, it's just different policing. But I, I just say like New York is is just. I, I think like a lot of these cops, um, they don't live in the neighborhood they come from. They watch these movies. Um, New York is very active, so they watch these movies. They want to have like an action pack. Like lifestyle, so they come here and become cops. Or that move that from exists. Different areas. It exists. It's not the majority of it, though. Yeah, it's a small percentage of that, but that exists. And then, all right. And then, the, my last point was um, when I was at City Hall and I was doing the defund the police, right? Um, the recent one or before? The recent one. Okay, yeah, that's okay. Um, <laughs> I um, you know, I was I was what I was advocating was for yeah, it was for them to take money from the police and put it back in the in the community. But I think that works for for the cops too, because like you were saying, you getting phone calls for all types of shit. Mm-hmm. You might got somebody shooting somebody, or you might have to get a cow tree. Mm-hmm. All that shit is like mental health shit on y'all brain. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it also helps like like not every situation needs a cop to come there. Y'all need like a, a, a de escalation type crew that's that we know. Boom, or right, is a fight. Like, all right, send them. Send what kind is a fight? All right, we'll send this in these dudes instead of the dudes that's going to lock. You know what I mean? What kind of fight? You know what I mean? It's it's shit like that. But um, yeah, I was just saying in in Camden, in Jersey, they did the defund the police, and it was successful. They you you know I don't know if you know about the crime in Camden, New Jersey. I'm gonna go look it up right now. I Please do that. All right, oh, look. Yeah. So the crime in Camden, New Jersey, yeah. for for uh for as long as I lived there, all the way until they defunded the police. Yeah. Canada was number one in crime. Yeah, in a, few, a few progressive cities did defund in 2020 and 2022. Them funds was right back up, which. Oh, no. All wish, right. Yeah, I wish they. There's a way to do it. You got to reallocate. Like, I don't did. know how they did it. But they did. Yeah. 
I think Jersey did they shit in like 2017. They did it before the George Floyd okay, shit. Okay, yo, I gotta look in. And as of right now, it's still striving. They got schools. They got better, uh, better, yeah, better playgrounds. And their crime is down. It's not even in the top ten. When it was number one in crime, it's not even in the top ten now. You know what I mean? And that's within within the last ten years. So. When I was running for office, because I ran for you know I ran for office in twenty twenty was like the worst time. <laughs> uh, you ran against Adams? No, 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 not for mayor, just for oh. city council. It was the worst timing because like, and it was mostly the white liberals, man. They, 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 they cop get out of here. Like I remember one time I went to a campaign. Yeah, went, white liberals are yeah. the worst. Listen, I went to a campaign. Like, listen, <laughs> I went to a campaign. Sorry, I went to a campaign. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're not white. Talk at me, I went to a campaign event, right? And it was this young, 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 young woman at about 25, and she's she's just hit me with all these questions. She's huffing and puffing, like he's, oh, he's a cop. Like you know, this is like three weeks after Erica, um, um, um uh, George Floyd, and um, after like the seventh question, she was like, "All right, I'm not gonna lie. You answering these questions better than any, even better than I could imagine, but it's harder. This is what's coming from an NYPD cop." I was like. Just please look me up. You know what I mean, is, what can That's I say? Crazy, but just yeah. please look me up. You know what I mean? Um, but what I told a lot of officers was like, if you never had to go to another domestic violence job or another emergency disturbed person job, would you like that? Yeah. So what if, in order to do that, some of the money that goes to the uh, organ, the agency, goes to another unit that takes care of that instead? Take that shit. Like that. That that's reallocating funds. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Then I then I'm with it. You know what that's I mean? like the black community <laughs> passing around one dollar. I mean, listen, it, but it's a but it's a different entity because right now we cannot trust because you don't know what you're getting when you get that response because officers are still, you know, the culture is still messed up and the, the quotas makes you stop seeing people. You understand? So you don't want someone with that mentality responding to your emergency because it could go terrible. And it, and it yeah. has. You know, we had grandmothers with, with bats getting clapped up and killed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, like, yeah. like you know, we we could go on and on. I know, you know, I time. Have, I have one more question. Time, one, know, last time. question one last question. <laughs> yeah, we, we good? So, besides the um, the quote, the quota. Quote is yeah. What do you have to say to all the dirty NYPD officers out there? And I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you an example. You probably I'm I'm gonna throw the clip in. I'm gonna have Sean throw the clip in. I was at a protest for Palestine, right? Dirty motor motorcycle vehicle cop who's been out with us, who's like you've been out marching with us for years and seen the work we do for the community, the mutual aids, the um, community fundraisers, and the protests and stuff. Seeing that, I was, he almost rolled, rolled over my friend, my comrade, with the bike. I'm like, yo, bro, let me get your back. Let, let, me, let me get your back. I ain't yell. I ain't him. He was like, you already got it. You get it every week, dimes. I was like, oh, mind you, he was masked up. He had the skis on. I was like, do I know you? Like, I'm like, who are you? Now I got to get your badge number for real. Now I got to look you up and, like, since you know my name, I got to know yours type shit. What do you have to say to those dirty cops who use this privilege, this badge, as a privilege to take advantage? What do you have to say? If we have a legit dirty cop, we we got to get rid of that, man. There's no, there shouldn't be any room for that. Um, I mean, I don't think anybody would say, I don't think anybody would, would, would protest that. Like, if you got a legit dirty cop, you got to get rid of them. You know what I mean? Like, the thing when I was out there, they, they ain't do shit because they got the rats. So there's certain things would not, once I step out the car, they, they already know. Yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. And especially because I'm, I'm ranking, you know, I'm, I'm a supervisor, which some people are like, oh, look, he's a lieutenant. Watch my fight, how I made it to lieutenant. Because they try to chop my head off 
before I could even make it to sergeant, the, the, the biggest thing that the scariest thing for them is me becoming the supervisor because yeah. you know what I mean. But we'll talk more. I know time. He ain't gonna take no shit. Yeah. yeah. Time, time no. All right. Yeah. Y'all, I want y'all to give it up for my man Edwin. That's my brother. Yo. Um. Before it's all said and done. Uh. First of all, you gotta plug your book. Something yeah. Like so my my new memoir just got published. Uh, Inconvenient cop. Uh, find out what what made me so inconvenient to the system. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, Edwin Raymond or E dot Raymond underscore, and just stay tuned. You know, I got I've been working on a lot, I've been planning a lot, and I plan to execute a lot. Thank you. Real, real quick, I, I don't know. Is it a surprise when you be doing that? The, the, your your your, uh, your book? Are you not doing that no more? Exactly. When you when you on stage at the Apollo? I'm gonna try to do more, man. Like that was supposed to be a one time thing, but everybody wants it back. All right, sorry, but I'm not gonna tell. Did, yeah, did you tell about it? Just, just yeah, yeah. Right, so it's not gonna be because right you, you already show pictures. Yeah, we don't have additional dates yet. Okay. You mean more shows? Yeah. Yeah, we don't have additional dates yet, but we're working on it. All right, yeah. Well, he he um he actually like what was it a chapter out your book right? Four four key scenes in the book pivotal 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 things that happened in my life that made me into the activist. Yeah, and people people actually thought that when they came to uh to this book that they was going to see him read chapters and he actually made it into a play and it's dope. Um and they actually like build a subway station and everything on stage. So yeah, uh check that out. Um yeah, brother fire brother, thank, thank you. you All right, I'll be back. All right, yeah, absolutely. Yo, I hope y'all enjoyed that interview. Um we wanted to get into like a little debriefing of, uh, you know what I mean, uh, how we felt about, you know what I mean, everything we talked about in that episode, well, in that interview. So here's this. I felt they 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 put him on my protest to uh, see if he could try to um, control or, or get some kind to uh, peace or something like that uh, between us or, or have some kind of like information, I guess, of my routes or something. I don't know. But it didn't. It didn't. It didn't go that way. It we we me and him end up having like a, a mutual respect to the point that that you know what I mean I can talk to him now, um, and what, what caused that mutual respect was the fact that you know what I mean his, his his background of of you know what I mean of of of, uh, of him holding cops accountable, and then me seeing him do mutual aid work was like you know what I mean. Um, but, you know, when we was having this conversation, I was just thinking, you know what I mean? I was telling them about, you know, how when I was a kid, I wanted to be a cop, you know? And um, and I told y'all before, I got locked up at five years old. So before I even wanted to be a cop, I was locked up. You know what I'm saying? Before I even, like, you know what I mean? Um, so, and it, and I just, like, I, I grew up, um, and uh, my upbringing, when I could start remembering shit, um, I was living in Detroit, you know what I mean? I lived in Detroit all the way up until I was like eight or nine. But um, when living in Detroit, uh, I grew up in, you know what I mean, Detroit in the 80s, in the, in the 80s around when the, when the crack was hitting, you know what I mean? And I, I seen, uh, I was around, uh, I lived in Detroit when Big Meeks Big was out there doing his thing. And uh, I'm just saying, like, I seen a lot of, uh, man, I was... I lived in a black neighborhood. I didn't really see white people like that. And I seen, uh, seen like young people beat up, beat up old, like beat up old people, you know, I had to do all types of shit for this, for this money. I seen young cats, you know what I mean? Uh, I think my first, uh, like, like, um, interaction of seeing like a drug deal, I was like five, man, and seeing this cat jump out this, like the back of this truck. 
and just hop on this dude and the dude just take off running inside my mom's house. You know what I mean? Well, I was outside, I was outside with my brother and her boyfriend and just being outside and having some, you know what I mean? Just seeing these two dudes fight and then one of them just take off running into my, into my house. My mom pregnant, shut the door and shit like that. So seeing shit like that and wanting to, uh, you know, change my community and, and, um, also, it was it was the you know what I mean I, I grew up like I said my mom grew me up kind of radical showing me movies and and always telling me I had to be prepared for the white man and and this and that and this and that and it's it's on top of that it's propaganda that they they put on um, black kids that we see all the time mm-hmm. now maybe if I grew up in New York I probably have a different a swag but I grew up in uh, like I said Detroit and, and Detroit um, DC. Um, in the Baltimore area, uh, these are places that are frequent with black cops. You know what I mean? Um, and it was a different kind of uh, policing. And, and, and some people seen that when they go to D.C., if you uh, protest out in D.C. And, and you know start protesting the black cops, watch out the black people that's in the neighborhood and shit and talk to you. Like, leave them niggas alone. Get it. Them niggas that take you out the white boys and shit. But after, at the end of the day, you all start to realize, boom, this is all part of the system. You know what I mean? You can say black cops and this and that, this and that, but them jail cells where where where, where they lock where, where the slaves is at is nothing but blacks. So you got to think who the fuck is bringing them in there. And then even the the the, the, the you know what I mean? Um, the, the the white people we see them swoosh, in and out. Not as they did something crazy, but it's in and out with the felonies and everything. While we sitting in there for a traffic ticket, so I see all that. And then all you can see is the black cops bringing them in. And you start seeing all that, and you know. Um, like I said, my, uh, when I was growing up, my, my best friend uh, at the time in middle school and high school, we wanted to be cops. We were, we were, we were I told you, this is this the person I threw uh, a fucking uh, um, protest with in high school with. You know what I mean? We wanted to be, we wanted to be cops and we was talking that shit. We used to talk that, oh, we rock, lock this, uh, lock, up, lock up all the racist cops. All the, you know what I mean? You want to be the cop to make that change. And then uh, I graduated high school. And reality hit and, and locked up over, like I said, just in Jersey alone was 70 times. I don't, I don't, I don't count, you know what I mean, Maryland. I don't count Philly. I don't count out here. You know what I mean? It's, it's mad times, bro. And it, the shit, I stopped counting in Jersey over 70, and I got locked up after that. You know what I mean? And, and you started, you, I don't, so you, I don't seen every fucking cop it is out this bitch. I don't seen the ones that's, that's want to be down and for the hood and, and just doing what they can or, or, you know what I mean? I don't seen every kind of, every kind of, of, of cop that, that think they can change the system. Ain't none of them like boom, boom. You know what I mean? Ain't no way you can change that system. That system is built to oppress the minorities. Whether you want to, you know what I mean? Majority blacks, you know, because it was started off our backs. The shit started off our backs. And it's still here off our backs. You can't reform some shit that's, that's, that's structured just for this. You know what I mean? It's structured for this. So you can dress it up, you can dress it up, you can throw this on and throw this on, but guess what? That shit is right here for us. And I try to wake black cops up, and, and black cops know that. And, um, you know, like, uh, I, said, I, I gave respect to Raymond, because like Raymond said, he, he, he went to, when he started holding cops accountable, boom, he started getting shitted on. But that's when you got to know this ain't for us. You can't change this shit. You cannot fix this shit. You know what I mean? And, and the cops, that I, I, like I said, like I grew up in different policing, but now that the way I feel about policing now, 
you know what I mean? I wouldn't be the same in Maryland. You know what I mean? I wouldn't be the same out there in D.C. I wouldn't be the same. I wouldn't be, you know what I mean? I, I still look, I look at those cops the way I look at all cops now. You know what I mean? They all got to go. They all got to go. We got to create a new system. But, um, yeah, but it's, it's the propaganda that they put on, on, on black kids, bro. They take all our favorite rappers. You got, like, we used to talk about Ice Cube last, last episode. Ice Cube, fuck the police. Fuck the, that Ice Cube was, like, the hardest. He was one of my favorite rappers growing up. He, you know what I mean? Fuck the police. Like, like what we talking about? But then when, when he starts getting into the public eye like that, what, what movies does he play? He's a fucking cop in every goddamn movie he play. My, my, my favorite comedian is Martin Lawrence. Martin Lawrence is a goddamn cop in every fucking movie he play. But he get on stage and talk that raw nigga shit. But then, boom, when you get in the spotlight, boom, goddamn, get your ass up. Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart started off with a movie called Paper Soldiers, where he was going in robbing everybody. Then the motherfucker get in the spotlight, boom, he, he's... he's He's goddamn playing the cop. So it's like us us as kids watching our favorite like heroes and oh he's so funny and boom, they're playing cops, they're playing cops, they're playing cops. So you think you could be that cool cop or you think you'd be but then look at the look at the movies though. They got dumb cops in the hood getting information from other cool black, black niggas in the hood that, that, that saw white birds. You know what I mean? This shit this is the fucking nuts, bro. And that's exactly how them cops do us now type shit. And it's it's it's, uh, I just think it's weak. You know, like I said, all our heroes of, of, of music and all this shit that unlock us to make us like, ah, who we are. They, once they, you know what I mean? They get into the spotlight where they really got, oh, these people really feeling them? Boom, uh, put them on TV, make them a cop. He won't be a You know what I mean? And, and that's that's all it's, it's wicked. Yeah. yeah there's a Drink yeah. Chance episode where Ice-T talks about that. Yeah. He, he, made a, he made a song called Cop Killer. Exactly. <laughs> and he's people he's like people under thirty only know him from being a cop on TV. Bro, that cop killer song, man, when I first came to City Hall, it's the intro. Bro, because it's like a rock and roll song. Well, all you gotta do is play that first part. And that that, that shit is so ruthless, bro. You hear that shit on the cause it's just a dude like on a microphone, like, ah, Something about just slaughtering pigs. Well, it was just tough. This is tough. But I used to just blast that shit. I used to wake up and just blast that shit on the megaphone so the cops could hear that shit in the morning. And it would just be that little 10 second part that I just turned it off. <laughs> just to hear about them getting slaughtered. But that's what I'm saying. Like, what, what I was saying, like, what I want y'all to speak on real quick. If y'all can give me, matter of fact, Rudy, like Rudy talk first, and then you go oh. because look, oh. I'm just saying oh. because while Rudy is talking, I, I, because my phone is going to die, yo. So, like, so while Rudy is talking, that Rudy tell the story. Let Rudy tell the story, yo. It's going to die on you. I would listen. All right, let Rudy talk. That way, it's still the camera's still on. And Rudy's talking. You think I talk more than ten minutes? No. All right. You think my All right, I listen. Hey, oh, you knew I, wanna... I was gonna die. You told your story first. Nah, I seen, I seen the, 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 the joint, yo. <laughs> he knew Look, hey, hey, Rudy. He's like, let me get my phone. <laughs> yeah. But no, what I, I want I want to, what I do do. I mean, but y'all go ahead. Y'all just talk until like boom. But hopefully, I can get the camera charged before it don't. Are you off. getting a charger? Yes. Yeah, All right, look. But yo, yeah, tell them, tell them about y'all schooling with the police. <laughs> I apparently have never been to school in New York. Oh. <laughs> oh. No, I'll really guess this charger. Um, yeah, uh, reflecting on this, on the on the guest, I haven't rewatched the uh, interview with Raymond, but I I think I stand by everything I said. I got a little emotional during the conversation because I have never had a long conversation with police, even when we're even when we're out here at these actions. Like I don't, 
I'm introverted in general, and I, I'm damn sure have feel like I have no reason to be like talking to to a police officer, and um, and so to have this conversation with with him and to hear his his thoughts on things, um, I will say, Edwin, I'm eight chapters into your book. I, I still we got to have you back on the show because I'm, still a little, I'm a little, I'm a little fuzzy on things. I, I'm not, I'm not, it's not coming. Like one, one plus one isn't equal in two for me as of yet, I will say. Um, but, but yeah, I, I had, uh, yeah, I had, uh, so to the effect of like, yeah, growing up with police, I've had lots of interactions with police officers. I have not been arrested. Um, thankfully, uh, knock on wood as well but um yeah I, from a young age we had me and my friends just hanging out in the summer blue is our is our, is our guest um just like d- detectives jumping out on us detectives following my cousins home till they like now they got to run in my crib um me getting stopped on the way home from school i grew up in the stop and frisk era you know i'm um i'm in my late 20s so Definitely had the the stop and frisk era police um, mm. in, in in New York, and even though there there was an action against stop and frisk, they still there's many videos you can find them on TikTok of them just running up on, and patting kids' pockets because that technically like it, it it avoid there's some loophole that they can they can get through with that. Um, but but yeah, many interactions, and then furthermore, like more interactions than I feel even comfortable talking about publicly on a podcast with police officers, but I've seen them respond to domestic violence situations and treat the victim as if they were a criminal. And so um, I have just always, and after we talk about this in the episode, the, the, um, you grow to resent police. um, And, and Raymond talks about it in his book, you grow to resent police and that, that, Whatever they were, their presence was supposed to discourage. It, it encourages you. It encourages you to do more of it because now you want to rebel, and you're rebelling against the police, and then you're also rebelling against the people around you because you can't. You, I see, can make a song called "Cop Killer," but who's really out here? And King Von can say, "If the pigs keep tweaking, we're gonna start frying bacon," but no one's actually doing that, right? But they Don't will take it out. Don't on each other. Oh, geez. I seen him on January 6th. Trump supporters will kill some cops, nigga. Everybody, <laughs> I seen it, bro. I seen it on January 6th, yo. All right. January 6th. It's It's aside. It'll be a twist. Um, Pop like, like him. Like, yeah. A lot, a lot, a lot of that. And so, people, so you end up, yeah, you just end up growing really frustrated. And so, yeah, truancy officers, you know, I was... I often cut school. Those are the ones when you and if you're not in New York, I assume most of the people who listen to this are in, are from or in New York or grew up here. But NYPD is in schools. Like they are when you when you get into a fight and someone breaks it up, that's a cop. They're running through, pushing people aside, pulling you apart. When I grew up in, John, I went to John Adams High School. We had metal detectors every day with cops at the metal detectors, and it was hats off, belts off, bottles at the back. When you're truant and you're missing school and you're like, you're cutting, it's a cop that picks you up, puts you in a squad car and takes you back to school. And mm-hmm. so the NYPD, and then I mentioned it a little bit in the clip, but like, I uh, I was in high school when Sean Bell was killed on his, um, his bachelor party and by the police. 
right? Um, and I think I said 50 shots. It was like 50 to 100. It was an absurd amount of bullets fired that killed Sean Bell. And the cops brought um, the cops brought his fiance uh, slash widow um, to the to our high school, and they didn't talk about police brutality. They didn't talk about um, underlying issues or any type of relationships with the police. They came there and made her ask us, "Are we? Is anyone here? Raise your hand if you're in a gang." Obviously, no one did that. And oh, it was like, yeah. And so like, that's, they, uh, and that, that was like a continued policy. Like we got, we had cops come into our homeroom and ask us, do we know the definition of the gang? Our definition of the gang is, is three or more people. We can just, if there's three or more of y'all hanging outside, we can call that a gang. And so that was my interaction with police as enforcers, active enforcers, not like a far away, like, not even not even direct brutality all the time and not as like a faraway story, but just as a constant presence that was like, yo, y'all better not get out of line. And anything you do, like we're right here, um, armed and ready. And so so yeah, that was where the emotion kind of came out of because I can't I can't have you who is a, who grew up who claimed to grow up in the same neighborhood as me, have a Caribbean background, you wanna talk about poverty and and all these things you experienced and saw and um but then you joined the same force uh that that is like polluting and corrupting our neighborhoods i can't have a i can't have a I can't have just like an intellectual conversation about that you know get a little fight <laughs> it's like where's your thought process at like yeah no, you uh, rationalize um, that yeah. Okay. Yeah. but yeah i don't know this conversation with Raymond, like you said, Rudy, this is my first time really sitting down and having um, a long-winded conversation with someone who uh, considers themselves a reformist or has ever worked for the police, the NYPD specifically. But uh, I got emotional too. I got very heated because I've, growing up, I'm a New York native, uh, born and raised. Um, in Harlem, and I've lived in every single borough in New York City except for Staten Island because that doesn't count. But yeah, I've lived in every borough and I've interacted with police uh, for as long as I can remember. Some like family situations where like I was like I believe I was eight, where that was my first interaction with police. But like um, after that, me directly, it was like probably definitely more than I can count on my hand maybe two hands like but they've been nothing but like an example of waste of resources like I've been arrested three times in my entire life I've been put in handcuffs about four times that fourth time I kind of explained a little bit on this episode but um being arrested three times from the age of 16 to 18 all protesting, <laughs> all using my First Amendment, something completely legal, all the charges being dropped. They were misdemeanors, but they were all dropped and expunged from my record. But, I don't know, man. Like, they, I've always been an abolitionist. Like, seeing police in my neighborhood, like, just patrolling the streets, um, 
as the gentrification in my like neighborhoods grew, I saw more and more police. So I already knew what they were there for. Like I'm like, y'all were here to protect us a couple of years ago. Like within like a five to ten year radius, like policing presence in New York in schools has gone up tremendously. And even when it was at least, you know, at the bare minimum of my like lifetime, that still was a lot, like for me. Uh, I never had like, I had like fire department come into my school. I never had a police officer come to my school because they were already there. Like there were police precincts in my schools. Um, there was metal detectors in my middle school. Like we had to be, um, I remember one time having change in my pocket and being late to school, forgetting about the damn change in my pocket, going through the metal detector. They look at me crazy. Like I got some contraband when I'm trying to go to my like, seventh period class like I'm like yo I'm in seventh grade like can I get to like 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 what's going on like so they had like um started using that little metal wand and like started patting me down and stuff and I'm realizing like this is sick like you're you really think I'm about to come into school I mean you know you know everybody's different but like I come to school to learn, so just seeing, um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I come to school to learn. I'll do that other stuff. So just seeing, like, the police presence already there, like, as a way to instill fear or make sure we do the right thing, it's like, I don't know. It was it just seemed like a waste of resources to me. And uh, even in high school, like, getting into fights and stuff like that, I wasn't really a rowdy kid, but... I wasn't gonna let nobody disrespect me. I was raised right. <laughs> I was raised to defend myself. So um, I had gotten into a fight in high school, like, and I handled my business, whatever. I didn't. It wasn't in school grounds. I made sure to go off school property because I, I I'm not stupid. But um, the video ended up being leaked, and social media being Gen Z, terrible. Video ended up getting leaked and getting back to the security guards. And the principal and I ended up getting called in. So I had to sit with some security guards and like uh, the principal, like the teachers, the person I fought. I'm like, what? Is this a jury? Like, am I getting tried? Just for them to give me like an in-school suspension. Like, and I'm like, so you watch me beat somebody that I I get to sit here with them. Because that. I'm like, where were your security guards at when I was being this person in the first place? Like, nobody cared that you care because the video comes back and now y'all are held accountable um, for the negligence of your students. But mm, they, they were never there, like, for good things. I even remember coming in that day and um, they had, I had changed my hair. Because I always change my hair, but I changed my hair and they were looking for the person. I had cornrows in the video, in the fighting video. They were looking for somebody with cornrows. So, like, I had a hair wrap and my friend had a hair wrap. They told us to take our wraps off. Like, yeah, like, like, it's always been like criminalizing interactions with police. Like I said, I've been arrested three times um, before I was 18, from 16 to 18, that range. And, like, very abusive, like, um, excessive force, like, every single time. No, no, two, two out of three times I was arrested, excessive force. Like, I left with, like, cuts and, like, bruises. Yeah. Just, I don't know. 
I've always been abolitionist. I've seen this. I've heard the cases of like, like. Yeah, and you, you, I think you mentioned you mentioned you got arrested protesting. Yeah, protesting. And, and, and that's like that's the wild thing to me because it's like a lot like we be talking about this all the time. It's like cops aren't actually like addressing root problems in in in, in um, neighborhoods and whatnot. Like Raymond in his book, he talks about how his first beat was um, uh, watching fair evasion, like observing fair evasion, um, and re- arresting people for that, and. And even like the funny one, because one I related to was because it was like, if you go to New York City public schools, like they give you Metro cards, but they have like different versions and they have it color coded. Like they have a green one if you're in like high school and middle school and they have like a, a orange one if you're like an elementary school student. And if they if you look too old to be using the card that you're using, they stop. That's counts as fair evasion as well. Like my what? cousin got stopped for using her her. My older cousin got stopped for using um, her brother's card. Her brother's the same age as me, and so the cop was like, "Yeah, we saw that. We saw it's lime green, so they can see it." And Raymond's story was like a, a teenager using like a elementary school metro card, and uh, and and to the point of like people getting locked up for protests. Like I know a lot of dudes like heavy in the streets who never who didn't really, like they may have interactions with cops, but they weren't getting like they weren't getting arrested for a lot of things. You know what I mean? And so it's like. And even one of my favorite 50 lines is, um, uh, if you know the drill, you stay the fuck out of Dodge, say what's happening to the captain and, and what's up to the Sarge. And because like, there's, there's, um, the cops aren't really like, they're not stopping, solving, preventing hard crime and murder. They are, they're, they're getting these like, they're just, um, quality of life. It broken windows policing. That's, that's been the MO of, mm-hmm. of, um, the NYPD for for a long time and from what I see it still is yeah the broken window policy is definitely like still inactive it's still active today because they're always going after like the most minor things they can find and I know um Raymond touches on what the quota is and what the quota has looked like in New York um city when he said it's like no longer inactive but yo the way they act like the way they're acting it seems like they're just trying to get numbers. They're trying to hit anybody. Like, they get a raise in their paycheck for hitting us for the small stuff. They're like, oh, you want to get home safe? Fair evasion. They're incentivized to arrest people. Yeah, we're allowed to. Well, I, I went in oath. The thing is, to, like, to get rid of them, when I tell people, we have to we have to come up with a solution. We, have, we definitely have to come up with a solution. You have to show people how we can protect each other. Because you, you got the boogeyman. I say you always got the boogeyman. You always, I'm the boogeyman when I want to be the boogeyman. Like when I want to turn up, there's nothing that can stop me. If it's, it's, it's like, when we was, in the, we was protesting in the, in, the, in the Bronx and uh, one of the comrades, there was cops walking past and there was this woman outside with her stroller and her kids and the cops were walking past and, and one of the comrades started turning up on them. And, she was like, yeah, she's like, it's that all day. It's fucked them all day. But what, what, who's going to protect us? And we was like, we started giving her like the, the rundown. Like, oh, they don't protect us. They don't show up after the what's name. And then she gave us a story about how her brother was outside robbing people. And they sent a hit squad to come, come kill that nigga 
and she was in the house with her kids and they were outside ready to come through that door blazing. And she said she had to call the cops. And then that's what I'm saying. It's got to be, we have to have a, a solution for it. Um, back, back when I've never called the cops. I called, I called the cops. I called the cops one time my car got stolen. And I knew the girl who stole it, but I didn't put no report on her. I just called and said it was stolen. And then I called her and told her, like, bro, I put the, I put it out that it was stolen because I just bought the car. I only had the car for a month and I brought it off the lot. And I had insurance on it. So, yeah, I had to report it. Um, and I called and I told her, like, yo, I reported the car stolen. You need to, you know what I mean? You need to bring that bitch back. She brought it back two weeks later and shit. And I took the report off. Um... We had, and I had another time. No, I did, I did. And it was another time I called the cops. Um, uh, my mom and boyfriend, when I, was in, when I was in middle school, my mom and boyfriend was just beating the shit on me. And he just kept doing the shit. And you know what I mean? Um, I couldn't beat the nigga. Uh, and when he, one time he came and he, uh, I had company. And this is when I could, you know what I mean? But his kids was there. And his kids kind of looked up to me, and they started crying like when we was about to beat his ass. But he had punched me in my head and shit. And uh, I was I was 18 at the time, and I wasn't going for it. And uh, I had a couple of my niggas over the house, and we surrounded his ass, and we was about to pounce on him. You know what I mean? And his boys was up there looking all do not you know what I mean? On that type of shit. And I was just like, all right, bro. You got to, you know what I mean? Um, he was paying bills and shit in the house and everything, but I was just like, you got to dip. And he didn't dip. So, and he was like, you know what I mean? Like when, uh, there was one time he had choked me out or some shit like that. And I had told my mom, I put my mom in, 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 in the mix of it. And she was just like, uh, you want to mind? You got to call the cops. So she thought I was bluffing. I called the cops. But when the cops came, you know what I mean? We just didn't answer the door. I didn't want to do anything. But yeah, those were the two times I called the cops. And it was just to scare his ass. But other than that, I had to, I did have to call, I had to tell my, my, my sister because I had, I one time, me and my boy that, that got killed, me and him robbed somebody. We robbed somebody, I was, when I was in my menace days. We, the Leslie. dude, the dude, yeah, Leslie. Um, the dude, I was always like like on some Robin Hood shit. This dude that we robbed was, had did some wicked shit to my man and we, 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 we robbed him and shit. He had like, uh, he used to sell sneakers, he had everything. And we robbed Jordans, everything, Nikes, all that shit. And he had his shit out there in the van. And, and and we boom. We hit that shit in the middle of the night. And then we went outside and we sold him bitches the next morning. So the dude knew that was us that did it because we we shit, we sold him right on his block. He lived right down the street from me. We sold him shit. We sold him shit that like damn near everybody on the block. And then my thing was my niggas, you know what I mean? I knew they sizes. I put shoes to the side for them and shit like that. But they was mad because they didn't get in on on us selling it. And um, that did the, the whole block was like turned on me, and it was like a week of that shit. And my mom's boyfriend, he was some nigga that had just got out of uh, out of jail and doing fifteen years of shit. And he seen how I took care of the block and all that shit, as far as weed, all that type of shit. Now, even though I hustled and 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 and, and was like robbing and shit like that, I was, I was I always kept a job. And before I did that, that's what I'm saying. Before I even went that route. I was a mentor, but it, like me getting locked up took me that route because I kept losing jobs and shit. But anyways, when I'm doing this, when I'm doing this, he see how the block is doing me. When I'm inside the house, 
he, he, you know what I mean? He talking to one of my friends out there. They started talking shit to him. He chokeslam one of them. Boom, he called a whole bunch of blood niggas. Now, I don't even know this shit is going on. I get a phone call for a sale. I go outside to make a sale. Now, I'm going to make a sale. I get a phone call from my sister. My sister is only in ninth grade. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got a sister in seventh grade, and then I got it. I got a um, um, my other my my, my trans sister um, was in uh, I think fifth. Yeah, they all two years apart. Boom, just like that. Fifth, fifth, seventh. You know what I mean? And my mom's in the house, and there's a whole bunch of blood niggas got my whole house surrounded, and I don't know none of niggas, and, and they got my house surrounded, and then my sister. What are we doing? They banging at the doors. They banging at the doors. You know what I mean? Um, now I get a phone call from my friend across the street. Like, bro, your house is surrounded. Yo, niggas going crazy over there. Like, bro, I'm like, get over. Nah, bro, I ain't fucking with them niggas. Dang. Feel me? Call my sister back. Bro, you got to call the cops. Now, the sad, the crazy part was they didn't, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't stop it. <laughs> they didn't stop it. I had to, you know what I mean? Where I was at. I did what I had to do, and I ran back to my house, man. It took me like like 10, 15 minutes. But when I got there, my mom was outside on the porch. You know what I'm saying? On the porch, and they had my mom surrounded. And they talking about, tell that nigga to come outside. Tell that nigga to come outside. Talking about her boyfriend. And I had to get up on the porch. Everybody back up, you know what I mean? And who the fuck is this nigga? This night, this night. And my niggas across the street. Yo, yo, he a good dude. Yo, spare me a good dude. You feel what I'm saying? With, with stop them, yeah, the cop pulled up on the street and then they just like, the boom, they cleared out. But then the cop came over there and me and my mom didn't want to talk to the cop, but we, we just don't do that. But I'm just saying, like, we have to figure out a, a, a solution. That's the only way we can get rid of these motherfuckers, bro, is figuring out a solution. And that's what I was saying, like, with the Black Panthers, like, they people look at Black Panthers like, oh, they, they, they didn't march. And they, they took care of their community. They started off protecting their own community, or protecting them against cops and protecting them like, as far as feeding them and stuff. That was that was their claim to fame. You know what I mean? It, it, different people had different shit in the movement. Uh, the marching was Martin Luther King shit. Marching was Martin Luther King shit. Talking on corners and, and monsters and shit, that was Malcolm X. He didn't do no marching and shit like that. You know what I mean? And and And... Black Panthers had that shit where they protected their neighborhoods. And I tried to do all, I tried to throw it all in the mix. But they, until we figure out or start having the people protect ourselves like they did in Brooklyn, where 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 the people they show, the where they, yeah, where they, where they, where boom, we take the cops away and we let us, let us do this shit. Mm -hmm. And we can show people they can do it. That's when we get, boom, really get rid of these motherfuckers, bro. That's the kid getting rid of these bitches. It's not no reform. You can't reform. Like I said, you can never reform some shit like that. And that's where, like I said, I get mad. At seeing the dirty shit that the cops have been doing, we, we all, like, at least us, stand as abolitionists. Because, like, the ideas of reform is just fixing. It's like a band-aid. It's like renaming, repurposing what policing is and pushing that responsibility now onto somebody else. They want to reform. But abolition is more so of dismantling. Like, reform our communities. Entire systems. Like, need to reform that, that don't work, and you know, build something new that works for us. Yeah, my, we, and we've seen my, examples, like you said, of Brooklyn people dismantled policing in neighborhoods, and now there's community leaders in there who come in to protect the community. It's done. It's been done. It's currently being done, and we can continue to do it. Yeah, my my. My thoughts on, on this are, we're going to plug Raymond's book, but there's a book called The End of Policing, and I think a lot of people should check that out um, by Alex Vitale. 
um, to white men. But the I think right. a lot of people have these anecdotes of situations where like police were helpful, but there are a lot more anecdotes that like oftentimes it's like a, it gets outweighed. There's a lot of anecdotes. Police cause a lot of domestic violence. Like they are they are also big abusers in their own households. Um, they also don't stop the violence very often. And the, but I do agree that there do need to be systems that get practiced in place. And, and I think when we talk about like reform and abolition, it gets, there's like a little tricky middle ground where I guess this is where Raymond maybe starts talking about a little bit on the, on the episode. Um, where there's something, if you don't call it, please. I've got the definition because we didn't discern this. And a lot of the viewers, you may not know, you may not be woke or, um, socially savvy with what that means but abolition an abolitionist is a person who favors the abolition of a practice or institution especially capital punishment or former slavery <clears throat> police and a reformist a reformist is someone supporting or advancing gradual reform rather than abolition or revolution a person who advocates for a slow change like we know change is slow the revolution, the revolution is here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the good yeah. shit was televised. You know, yeah, time. and I, I think on like some of the stuff Raymond was talking about, it, I guess it, I guess it, I feel like there's like a little bit of a gray area because he talks about like if you get rid of the police, there's something else that exists like that. And so yeah. I guess where I think is like fundamentally, I believe that you can't. He he does bring this up in the book a little bit. Someone you can't have people who because he he makes this uh, kind of case that. A lot of these people aren't mad people. They just got to pay their bills. But you can't have someone whose bills being paid is dependent on them locking people up. It's just, it's, it will just recreate this system. And so if you abolish them, I think there are things that like someone like what the police does today should keep doing. Like some people have to issue gun licenses. Like some people have to do, um, you know, even when we talk about those like community police, the, the tricky thing about that situation is like cops were still there. They were just letting, they just they just observed you know in that situation and so i don't know i want to see more in that direction but the the kind of thing is like we have to make it's the difference i feel like of the gradual change and the like we need to this is like an urgent matter flip flip everything around now and kind of like execute it on as much as possible um and maybe maybe it requires us doing more stuff in the community so people can stop being like and stop feeling like there's there's not these because some people feel like abolition isn't put into practice enough and so maybe at a minimum that starts showing them if we do start doing stuff like the black panthers party for self-defense program it starts to show them a little bit of like abolition in practice but i, I do i think we got i think i don't know you kind of got to do both got to do everything got to show them that police police have all these problems with them for everything that can kind of be said of like oh well cops could do could do this or are helpful in some of these situations there's all these other really bad things that they are problematic as a part of and then we also probably got to figure out how to like show people in practice like hey like there are there are real alternatives than like every time you do like a throw people in jail or have a have a have a force that is that has all this qualified immunity and is dedicated and are paid to throw people in jail yeah and we and being a um me personally being abolitionist uh ways we practice that 
for example, mutual aids, like our protests and rallies and our marches. And like you said, not just marching is not just enough, but it always comes with balance when we're sitting there educating the people and liberating them to stand up for themselves and still exercise their First Amendment right, however that may be. You know, whether it's online, whether it's in person, whether it's directly at these government officials doing the problem. But like that, that is important. Like and then being at the mutual aids and stuff, demonstrating examples of how we don't need the system, that we can be self-sustainable as a community. We can give ourselves roles and take on roles that um, provide beneficial things to the community like that we need, like. Our mutual aid, food, water, clothes, information, you know, just spreading that around. Just practice. It just takes balance. Abolition is like a change. Um, They say the safest neighborhoods don't have cops. That's a fact. You know what I mean? If you go to these rich neighborhoods where they, you know what I mean? And it's like one cop riding around the neighborhood and make sure everything's good, everyone. You know what I mean? And he's not damn near gonna lock nobody up. Probably don't get no no lock nobody up. But um that's 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 it. I think that uh the best way also is like, you know what I mean, to put pressure on them to fix our neighborhoods where they where they are safe. You know what I mean? To, uh, fix our fix our streets up, uh give give recreation centers, all that shit that we need, bro. All the shit we've been asking for, all the shit. And I, I was telling Raymond, like like I said, Camden Camden did, uh, they, they um, defunded the police. And they took, you know what I mean, that money from the cops and put it into their neighborhoods. And now, like I said, the crime rate has went down. You can, y'all can Google it, Camden crime, you know what I mean? Um, in 2004, when I moved there, they were number one. They're not even in the top 10 now. They're not even in the top 10. In Jersey, as far as crime, so that, that was because they, you know, what I mean, defunded the police, and that was before 2020 and all that other shit. Um, that was their solution because of the crime rate there, and, and and it turned out good for them people down there. You know, what I mean, the crime rate dropped, and uh, that's because they got, you know, what I mean, they got better schooling, they got they got everything we was asking, better recreational centers, the, the streets look cleaner and shit, like you know what I mean. Um, uh, but I think that's all part of the plan. That's all part of the plan. It's all part of the plan of, of, of putting people in the ghettos, of putting people in the hood, of uh, being redlined. Because this is this is, you know, what I mean, like I said, the system works off us. You we keep sugarcoating it and throwing shit on it. You know what I mean? You gotta dismantle the whole fucking shit. Mm-hmm. And like I said, like what uh, like what Raymond said, the, the, the cops are the, are, are, the, are the lowest bottom. That's why I'm going at the mayor and shit like that. They are the worst, but you got to stick it to them because those are the ones right here next to us smacking them upside the head. But, um... Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first people with, like, civilian human interaction. They directly connect with the community. They should be the first ones to be held accountable. Mm-hmm. And the people who put them there. Call out! Call out time. Shout out to We The People. Check out We The People every single Thursday. From one until it's done. Hey, don't record. On the cut. Hey, I'm recording. I'm putting it down. You know we're recording. Also, check out Stonewall was a riot every single Thursday at six thirty. Now we're gonna start at six thirty. Six thirty, yes. Black trans people timing. Talk. So. 
Show up. Yo, um, Monday, Monday, November 20th. Um, we taking it to the streets again. Yeah. It's a reject Eric Adams march because that's what I call my marches. But um, we're going to be taking it to the streets um, for the genocide that's going on. We're going to continue to uh, spread awareness um, for the people in the Congo, for the people in Sudan, and for the people in Palestine. Yeah, we're going to continue to handle that. And it's today. Today is Monday. It's today. It's today. The day of this episode is going to be the same day as your march. Oh, today, nigga, tonight. Look, I'm all on, nigga, I'm all. Tonight, tonight, tonight. Pull tonight. up, pull up. Barclays, Barclays, <laughs> yo, I'm off, yo. And I'm not even high, I'm just off. Look, all right, Barclays. And then we have um, December 6th. I want everybody to pull up December 6th. Don't forget about Daniel Penny trial. Um, we have to put pressure back out there. They, they, they're they trying to keep this like, nah, on the low. Um, so I'm about to, boom. Put it right back up on high alert. I'm going to throw a fly for that, but I think everybody should pull up. Um, I think it's going to be at at, at one Center Street. Um, the Daniel Penny trial. I think they're, you know, what I mean, we need to. I think they're trying to keep it low. That's why they're not no news coverage or nothing on it, and we got to put it back on high alert. Um, yeah, amplify it and spread it. Like you know, what I mean, I don't want this to go. And this is the perfect time for them to sweep it right underneath the rug while, while there's so much stuff going on. You know what I mean? We won't even, there's so much stuff going on, we won't even backtrack and think about the Daniel Penny. But Jordan Neely, name needs justice. He needs justice. You know what I mean? So we, we can't forget about him. You know what I mean? We just didn't do that for nothing. You know what I mean? Um, we got that going on. And uh, boom. Shadow, oh, I got I got a black sky now, so boom. Uh, I don't know, <laughs> right? Yeah, I got this black sky, right? Um, shout out to Rudy, talk to him. Oh. Black sky, we building the natural successor to Black Twitter. Um, we got invite codes available. Really signed up. Dimes didn't judge him. Oh, um, <laughs> I, 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 I can't even download other apps. Oh, it's, oh, it's yeah. all good. It's all love still. Um, no, we don't know you. Who am I? We I'm black guy, Rally. We don't know who you are. <laughs> you just died. <laughs> we got She's black sky shine out there. Sorry, Dabs. That's actually it. Talk. Yeah. Sean's on white sky, but <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the sky is in, though. We skyed out, baby. <laughs> but yeah, um, and Rosie too. Matter of fact, um, hit me up for invite code. So yeah, squad all there. Yeah, squad. Um, <laughs> and, and soon, and soon. And yeah, blue sky is actually about to become um more publicly accessible. So even if you don't sign up, you also start to be able to tune into the content that gets put out there, even without an account. So stay posted. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's Apologies it, y'all. Talk. Talk. That's it. Yeah. That's it, y'all. Y'all make sure y'all already know we the people. Yeah. Check out. Unapologetic talks.